Yeah! I should have known from the very beginning. From what you said. Yeah, when the mega powers were formed. Yeah, what you were out for from the very beginning. Yeah, you were after what was mine. Elizabeth, my manager, lost in your eyes. I remember what you said. From Television City in Hollywood. The following rustic exhibition requires discretionary viewer participation. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting edition of GFA Live. I am your host, Peter Winston, and today we move ahead to President's Day weekend, or maybe it was Washington's birthday at the time, I don't know, in the year 1989 for another edition of WWF Superstars from February the 18th. And as we're in the sweeps period, we have a feature match, the Brain Busters versus the Rockers, which I'm once again going to counsel for the 12th time. Do not get excited about this match for reasons, you know, that that you'll see. We, we, we had one of these back in November, and you may or may not remember what occurred on that one. So um, it was one of the November 88 superstars. So rewind to one of those for our coverage of that one. And, of course, we didn't do a show last week because there was SummerSlam and because uh, there's nobody I would rather have on this journey. And he was away than my amigo, my compadre, my best friend in the whole world, a man who last weekend was definitely ready for downtown Detroit. Mr. Keithy Langston, how are you? Downtown Detroit, Detroit Avenue. It was, uh, I have, I'm doing great, Pete. It was, I don't know how I was going to come in after that, um, wonderful intro, but I will just kind of spin off here. Um, yeah, I had a great time last week, actually. I, you know what, for all the crap and flack that Detroit gets, it was a lovely town. Um, and I, it was commented that maybe they, uh, North Korea the place, uh, for SummerSlam. Uh, but I mean, if they did, kudos to the Detroit, uh, <laughs> the Detroit uh, government because it was a beautiful city, and highly, highly recommend going if you want to catch like a uh, your favorite baseball team playing against the Detroit Tigers, or uh, if you want to go to. Uh, in the fall, maybe you want to go see the Detroit Lions play against your favorite uh, foosball team. It's up to you. But I had a nice time. I would highly go back again, really only for those two other things. I, I don't know if they're going to be putting any other uh, premium live events in Detroit. In Detroit, So uh, we'll see where we're at. I could, I could see them doing a non-Big Four pay-per-view at the Little Caesars Arena because that's, that's fairly new in, mm. in, the, in the downtown area. Uh, did you happen to go visit Cobo Hall so you could see where the uh, giant fell off the roof? Uh, uh, the the, the uh, National Hogan Giant uh, Monster Truck Battle Historic Site? No, uh, we didn't go to Cobo Hall, but we did go to Harpo's Theater, uh, which uh, is in the same state as Harpo Marx is now. Let's just put it that way. Uh, it was that was for the GCW show, and uh, that that building itself was being held up by the amount of sweat that people were pouring off in the. Th- it was ninety five degrees if it was 96 i mean it was the hottest i've ever been in, a, in an arena uh no air conditioning no fans 
meaning no actual big metal blades spinning to cool you off. There were lots of fans there. Uh, I had glass shattered on me, um, I so I felt like the entranceway of WrestleMania 13 uh, when Stone Cold <laughs> came out. Um, I had, uh, it, it was just, when I went to pack my shirt, because, you know, when I go away, I tend to just kind of throw my clothes into a pile, like, on the floor, on a chair, you know, on a couch, if there happens to be one in my in my hotel room. That was the case this time, is I had a couch. So, a couch. So, I threw... I threw my clothes that I wore on the couch, and when I went to pack up two days later, uh, the shirt was still soaking wet. That's how friggin' much I sweated while I was watching the show. It was a great time. We had an excellent, uh, you know, an excellent dinner at the Greek restaurant Pegasus Taverna, I believe it was called, in downtown Detroit. Um, I drove by where I believed the Joe Lewis was. So we kind of said this is where The Undertaker won his first world title. And uh, also this is where something Stone Cold Steve Austin got got run over by Rikishi. So I mean there was lots of uh there was lots of positive memories to have in the in the, in the Detroit area, but uh, most of all I would say I forgot to think I forgot to mention that that yeah, what uh, what's it called the what's the center where like the Pistons and the Red Wings play? Well, right now it's the uh, Little Caesars Arena. Yeah. 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 Which and I guess that, the company that owns Little Caesars owns that whole entire block. So they own like I think they own I think they own Comerica and Ford. Like they own at least the property. So Well yeah, the yeah, the well it's a different ownership group for the for the Lions, but uh Mike Illich owned the Red Wings and the Tigers, uh and is primarily responsible for uh I think the Little Caesars Arena, which is his company. Yeah, I, I one of my favorite Detroit sports things is when the Tigers got sold in the early '90s, and it was the dude from Domino's sold the team to the guy from Little Caesars. <laughs> and I was like, "What did he outbid the fucking Papa John's guy for?" <laughs> but the, seriously, though, Detroit though, a lot of lot of wrestling history there. Of course, all the buildings are torn down between the Silver Dome yeah. up in yeah. Pontiac. You got. The the palace at Auburn Hills, which is where uh, Lex Luger celebrated yeah, a great a great victory over uh, Yokozuna, and that's <laughs> that's torn down now. So yeah, a lot of yep. yeah, you're right, a lot of them torn down. I, I mean, the event itself, I, I kind of pulled a I, I pulled a Pete with the main event because I remember you talked about like was it the main event or was it just during one of the matches where you got up and watched it from the mezzanine? <laughs> yeah, it well, here, here's the thing is when when you're with a group. And mm. you, you got part of the group sitting somewhere else, and, and you know where they are. You can't really go down to their seats because you know it's uh, every, yeah. everybody is sitting there. This isn't like this isn't like the glory or the glorious Tampa WrestleMania where it was like, ah, sit wherever you want, just you know, throw out the goddamn <laughs> card, cardboard yeah. thing. Um, <laughs> and I was at like this mezzanine like bar area that had like these tables, like stand up <laughs> tables. Yeah. Yes. And this is for the Austin uh, match with Owens mm-hmm. At, mm-hmm. At, at the Dallas WrestleMania. And there was a line you had to you either had to stand by one of the tables and you couldn't. Mm-hmm. There was a certain area you couldn't be in. So, like, I would try to inch forward away mm-hmm. from the table and they would they would push you back. And I, I would I told you yesterday it, it was akin to in baseball, a runner taking a big lead off first base. Yep, and, and the security person would throw over, but mm-hmm. look, 
and back in those days, they weren't limited to only two disengagements. So, yeah. so I had to, I had to stay on my toes. Also, the bases were smaller back then too. Uh, uh, and the guy was going ah 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 ah. You didn't actually, say the magic word. Uh, it, it, it was it was actually a female security guard who was oh. yelling at everybody. But um, um, I, I, so I, I, I so she sounded like Marge Shot, is what you're saying. You and I right. having a little March shot conversation before, uh, before. Yeah. The yeah. We spent way too much time talking about the Cincinnati Reds, uh, b- before, before this. Well, just oh. remember, uh, in a lost GF and a lost GFA segment, we had an amazing 45 minute conversation. Uh, probably the longest I've ever talked to you on a phone call that wasn't being recorded where you, <laughs> dri- where you were driving back from Cincinnati last year. And, uh, what a wonderful, pleasant conversation you and I had I, I I it's funny you talked about it you were like damn it I should have recorded this for the show and I was like yes you should have but I enjoyed our conversation so much I'm kind of glad you didn't because I don't know if it would have been the same I don't know if I would have gotten the same unedited Pete if I if we were recording it for the air <laughs> well the irony of that was that that was me at SummerSlam last year without you and then you yes. were just describing being at SummerSlam uh the, this you. year without without me so but then but then I did. What did I do? I came up yesterday, and what did I do? Yes, you brought you brought me a couple of gifts. Uh, one of which was the uh, the WWE uh, action figure. It was basically the Andre from the WrestleMania two Battle Royal. Um, he is the giant. <laughs> he is the giant. Thank you, Kathy Lee, very much. Um, and- Andre made history that day as the first uh, black man to win a battle royal at WrestleMania. I don't know if you know that. Bad News always thought he was first, but Andre was at- was actually first. And if you don't believe me, just watch the fucking footage, all right? Andre fell asleep in a fucking tanning bed or something. I don't know what the fuck happened. You did comment and you went, Andre's tan is not nowhere deep enough for this pick for this action figure. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to like spray paint it with like a uh, like a like a darker hue. Well, something. a hue, a pinkish hue. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was that was a lot of fun. I missed you. Um, I always, uh, we all missed you. Actually, the entire uh, nation that went missed you, and we <laughs> talked a lot about you, and you know, and um, hopefully, you and I will be uh, traveling together to another great city on the map of wrestling history, uh, Philadelphia. So. Yeah. Well, well, we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. And, and by the way, I, I'm, I'm no, I don't think I'm, I'm welcome in that social club. Uh, come on, I, I, I got, I got heat with everybody. You said I'm bringing heat on you. I, I really do. <laughs> Unacceptable. I don't see, you know what? That's the thing though, is that, um, I will fight to the death anybody that says otherwise. So, you know, you, you got to understand something that you hitched your wagon to one of the most loyal fucking people on the face of planet Earth. I will I will defend you until I will defend you even if I'm getting stabbed by you in the back. A la, uh Brutus and Julius Caesar. So and not Brutus, the Buckman Street Baba. Speaking of which. I watched the Mati Janetti Dark Side of the Ring, and oh, the Buckman Street Bob is all over that. He looks terrible. <laughs> like he looks like he's he needs to come back down to Buckman Street so oh. I can feed him. And uh, oh no 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 no, no. diet plan. No, you know what you know what I've heard about Beefcake is that he he is now one of those guys who when he does these interviews for this thing. His, yeah. his, his like wife or or I don't I don't know what yeah, she is or girlfriend. Yeah, his wife. She, yep. yeah, she's always there. 
like sure. next to him, like, like almost like he's a he's a puppet and she's the mm-hmm. puppet master. And it's like, hmm, do you have any thoughts on your own? You can you can share with us. Eddie? No. I mean, no, no. <laughs> no, I have no thoughts. I'm yeah. Although and, I find so I finally got to see the woman that uh, Linda Hogan thought was uh, Hollywood Hulk Hogan performing oral sex on Beefcake, which led to the Beefcake is gay rumors all these years. Well, that's that's why she maybe maybe it's maybe I got it all wrong. Maybe that's why Beefcake always has her around to downplay all that stuff. That's well, a no go. Yeah. Well, maybe. I mean, it's look. All I know is for years we thought it was that Beefcake was servicing Hogan, and then I heard the real story allegedly, which is that Linda came downstairs, um, allegedly getting up out of the bed that Hulk Hogan was in with her. So, you know, God only knows what she was on and came down and saw some blonde haired person performing oral sex on Brutus Beefcake on the couch in their living room. Um, I believe that's I believe Lord Al calls that a a Tampa hello. Um, But and and it's funny that that's what like I love that Linda Hogan thought like in all honesty, would Hulk Hogan be performing oral sex on anybody? No. Hogan is a piece of shit. You know he only allows people to perform oral on him. Hogan does no work. I can't imagine Hogan having sex with anybody. It's just him laying on bed, telling the person whatever their act they're doing doesn't work for him, brother. And then just they have to finish him off, and he has to just sit there and enjoy it. I mean, the guy, the guy's the biggest piece of shit known to man. I mean... Who does he think he is? I don't know. Well, what do you... <laughs> let's 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 save that for a little bit because you you've, okay. you've put too much Hogan sex talk in, in, yeah, in into my okay. head. It's it's completely ridiculous. I, I've spent come on, huh? I've spent the last thirty four years trying to wipe that scene from No Holds Barred <laughs> where he's doing the push ups on the floor and Joan Severance thinks that he's oh. he's railing some rat. Oh, Elizabeth. Oh, oh, Randy didn't mean it, Elizabeth. All right, all right. All right. Perhaps, perhaps we're doing the wrong period of time uh, to not think about Hogan having sex. Uh, 80, 89 Hogan is the most sexual he ever was. He's basically like Teddy Prendergast over here. <laughs> nice, Teddy. Oh, please, please. But I'm I'm actually very excited for like the the, the Hogan Savage back and forth promos are going to start oh, get, in earnest. Yeah, yep. Yep, yeah. and we're gonna get to your uh, what do you call it the uh, uh, what's well, that phrase? Well, well, hold hold on. There's a price to it. Is okay. I think they I think they they cut back the event centers. Oh, like I, I kind of yeah I, I look through. There's only like two event center promos on what? this. That's not yeah. fair. <laughs> that's definitely not fair to Flair. That's not, no fair. that's not that's absolutely not fair to Flair. No Ric Flair event center promos. How dare they? But but what we do have. Is uh, the Grand Canyon kids? Ah, uh, yes, yeah. Um, last week they cut right to the whole Mega Powers thing, so we mm-hmm. we were at a new taping in Tucson, Arizona. Oh, Tucson. And this week we actually get the we're, we're back on schedule. We get to meet the arena guy. Oh, nice. In Tucson, Arizona, Assistant Director Joe Rosaka is standing by to welcome us. Okay. First of all, this guy's a little bit goofy looking. 
Um, I, I like how they only got the assistant director of the building. Like, well, who, you know. what's the what's the head? What's the El Jefe doing that he's too busy to to cut the promo? You know, I want to just say real quickly. So my brother wasn't aware that all all the all the work that you do with these the uh with these with these episodes like where you come up with the you know the names for full blown chamber of commerce events and he also wasn't aware that back in this time period we had the three episodes where it was like first we met the arena guy then we had the then we had Vince's full chamber of commerce and then usually it was like what was the then the third one was just kind of like Rod Stewart and New Kids on the Block yeah. are coming to the arena. Yes. Yeah. So I and I was telling my brother this and he was he was losing his mind laughing. He goes, "Really?" I said, "Yeah." I go, "And Pete does a lot of research on on like usually the full chamber of commerce and what's going." And I was and then I started going and Vince was always going like, "It's a suspension bridge." So we were the, having a lot of, we were having a lot of fun laughing about it. The, the arena guys are great because sometimes you're not going to find anything on them. No. And then and sometimes then, you come up with and, uh, Buddy Cianci there or whatever his name was. Yeah, other times you'll get like one thing that, that, that yeah. may have happened. I mean, we're, we're never going to be so fortunate to have another Big John from Daytona Beach ever again. <laughs> the, the, that guy is an absolute legend. And yes. uh, at some point uh, after the uh, mandated uh, six-week waiting period, I guess we've already passed the six-week waiting period. I, I can't make it six years before inducting him into the Hall of Fame. He, yeah. He's gonna he's gonna be like Clemente. We we we've got to induct him right now. Sure, absolutely. Uh, but this this, this fella here, yeah, uh, in Tucson, uh, Joe Rosanka. Mm-hmm. Um, which by the way, he's wearing his uh, best Mister Rogers uh, cardigan. Yeah, uh, looks looks to be kind of a a light blue, as is the style at the time in uh, southern southern Arizona. Well, uh, it is hot there. So e- every time I like to look up a, if there's a story that involves one of these guys, and usually every time you two, <laughs> every time it's usually something like there was a riot at the arena or or mm-hmm. something like that, and something very similar here. Okay. Uh, this, this is actually before. 89. This is uh, dated September 9th, 1984 from the United Press International. It's tough to be a rock idol these days. When Rat, a new wave group performed at the community center in Tucson last month, some 3,000 fans stormed the stage to reach their idols. In the process, several bouncers and concertgoers were injured. So when another group, Twisted Sister, a heavy metal band, asked to appear at the center, Joe Rosonka, assistant director of the hall, said no. They won't even listen to the people they came to idolize, and more of them are trying to go over or through the barriers and jump on the stage, he said. Adding pillars to block future stampedes, Rosonka explained, would decrease the number of seats and make the hall economically unfeasible. So the bottom line is, he's Joe Rosonka, he's not going to take it. <laughs> if that's not the last sentence of the thing. Please tell me you did that. <laughs> Some, so I don't have a proper laugh track, so I have to use that one. Is but that, no, that, is, that that is real? Yeah. Actually, oh god. He kept twisted sister from performing in Tucson, Arizona. So. Well, yeah. he had to take he had to take a he had to take a stand. It's just unfortunate that Twisted Sister, that D. Snyder had to be the one who took the fall. So, 
these these drunk 16-year-olds storming the stage for a rat concert, and the assistant director is all like, How dare you in my own home? <laughs> round and round. <laughs> well, let me ask you. Uh, I don't, you know what? Okay. They, they were all, they were all right for their time. They're, they're not one of those. They're not one of those bands that I think really holds up over time. They, they really seem of, of of a certain era. Yeah, who would you rather? If you had to see a prime version of either Twisted Sister or Rat, which one would you choose? Well, I think you just said it right there. I think it's Twisted Sister. Well, that's why I said prime version. Like if you yeah. if you could see Rat in 1984, that's a little different than yeah. But I know. probably would still go with Twisted Sister only because I, I mean, th- of course, they were much more of a of a of a commercial band. Like they had more shit on MTV and stuff like that. So I would have been more familiar with more of Twisted Sisters um, music. I remember when my brother was telling me when when I was younger. And I had just started to like wrestling, and I hadn't really developed my like full taste in music yet. And my brother used to tell me that I, he thought I would be really into guar because <laughs> they had costumes and shit. And I was like, yeah. Huh. And then I remember watching guar on like an episode of like Beavis and Butthead, and I was like, no, I wouldn't like this band at all. <laughs> it's like I'm all set. Just because I like wrestling doesn't mean I'm a full asshole. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't think I would really fit in at one of those shows. Uh, no. it, it it would pretty much be like going to a GCW show for me, which by the that, way, which by the way, I have on several occasions. Yeah, <laughs> that seems about right. Um, I, I would say though that uh, always something I felt was nece- was needed and never used in professional wrestling was uh, the crossover of uh, Danzig into wrestling. I think that Danzig. What Danzig would have been great as a, uh, you know, as a possible, like instead of the Kiss Demon, they should have had the Danzig Demon and had, you know, Mother, tell your children not to walk my way, and then like have, you know, somebody come out. That would have been good. I suppose it would have been the Headbangers because did you wasn't there supposed to be like a mother character when they were the Sisters of Love? Sure. I don't know. Anyway, let's let's anyway. rewind it back to '89 here for anyway, uh, back for old uh, <laughs> for five four dollars a pound for for old Joe's um, intro. Yeah. Hi, I'm Joe Rosanka, assistant director of the Tucson Convention Center. I'd like to welcome all the fans of the World Wrestling Federation here to Tucson, the home of the Ice Cats hockey team, the world's largest gem and mineral show, and the George Strait concert coming up here in March. Well, he just took all the fucking fire out of what Vince would say in two weeks from now. <laughs> no, I, I think I think Vince Vince is a pro. He'll he'll change it up. Okay. He'll he'll, he'll you know Tiffany is coming in or, That's or something right. like that. Yes. Uh, yeah. Je- Jesse's got like the he- the same headgear that he had at the in the middle light light mania commercials. Mm-hmm. It, and a uh, hard, hard Rock Cafe shirt. It's his headgear from back when he was a Rossler, you know. Do you know that the Hard Rock is? Uh, they're basically going to take over the Mirage in Las Vegas. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. So, wow. which makes sense because the the Mirage had that Beatles thing uh, going mm-hmm. on a couple of years. You know, where I took a picture of the marquee for you, and you were like, "Who are those four guys?" And I'm like, <laughs> "You fucking kidding me?" <laughs> <laughs> Like, 
clearly and I'm for joking. The, yeah, for the, and for the sec, and for the second week in a row, I accidentally turned off the video. So, so I uh, another good job by me. Hey, listen, uh, we're all we're all just trying to we're all just trying to get through the day, you know. I'm sure there's a brewery that you're going to later on today that you're looking forward to. No, I I think I think that um um no, I I'm 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 skipping that cuz I'm, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to cut back a little bit. You know what I mean? I've 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 got I've got to lose some weight. All right, so it's it's time All right, will Jesse be funny? Well, I know you're going to say no. So Yeah, no. Okay. There's no debate. Ha, ha, you know, McMahon, ha, I'm here with my Hard Rock shirt and my hat that I got on, and I'll tell you right now, I wouldn't go see Rat if you paid me. <laughs> Actually, I could see Jesse maybe being into that. I don't know. Let's see. Take a look at this hairdo. This looks like a male version of... Bo Derek out of 10, and maybe Whoopi Goldberg all thrown in there as well. You know the problem, McMahon? You ain't got enough soul to dress like the body. Let's get to action. <laughs> no, I was right. That was not funny, so. Jess, Jesse sold his soul to Millhouse for five bucks. Yep. Listen, I'm not going to say uh, that my, I'm not going to say that the, I'm funnier you, than you made me. You made, you made oh, me miss shit. Bundy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Bundy there? All right, let's see if Bundy's like, still huh. I, I like how they got Hogan in the in the white trunks there very briefly. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that? Mm-hmm. There he is. There's Bundy taking a shit there. <laughs> Bundy, still there. And, and Coco with the missile dropkick on Frenchie Martin, of all people. I just want to I just want to go on record and say that Jesse's not funny. And I'm not saying that I'm funnier than Jesse, but Karrion Cross and uh, Will Sasso's Jesse's are both funnier than Jesse himself. Karrion Cross. Is, is that still a thing? Are we are we still trying to make that happen? I mean, he was he, he botched like a horrible move. Um, he botched an AJ Styles. If you're botching an AJ Styles move, you need to just be taken away. Yeah, oh. I, I I hate when people are like, oh, this guy's going to be awesome on the main roster, and then they get there, and it's not so much the way that they're booked, it's that their whole bit just falls flat. I've seen yeah. it way too many fucking times. And by the way, it, it's like all the fucking same. I mean, yeah, maybe Bray Wyatt was okay for like the first six months to a year, like in 2013 up to the middle of 2014, but like Bray Wyatt, Karrion Cross, um... Malachi Black or whatever the fuck his name was, mm-hmm. like all all three of those dudes were just massive disappointments. And and some asshole out there is probably gonna be like, oh yeah, that's because they didn't put the world title on them right away. It's like yeah, uh, we all remember Bray Wyatt's world title reign. It it was so great. What with his with his gimmick of uh, uh, destroying everybody's finisher and basically making everybody's life miserable and feeling like an asshole for for actually watching this shit. Hmm. Oh look! Oh look! Bray Wyatt has been assassinated by a gunman in Dallas. Oh, he kicked out at one. That is absurd. Yeah. I mean, I will tell you this much: uh, you will never get anybody ever. You'll never have any t- any disagreement on me that Bray Wyatt is the worst person alive. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and and people people having the 
fucking audacity to compare him with like Jake Roberts. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't remember when Jake did like a rambling 12 minute promo about nothing. No. In fact, Jake's best promo was, why are you so nervous, my man? I mean, that's like, that's a con, that is a consummate professional. No, you go back and you look at Jake's, Jake's best promo is probably the the avarice one from WrestleMania six, you know, long follow couldn't have said it any better. I mean, that's, that's fucking unbelievable. Jake, when he goes, bring her back, bring Elizabeth back, please just bring her back. Let me touch her again. Like that's fucking gold. Not Bray Wyatt fucking muttering incoherently for 30 minutes on the fucking microphone. And the demons coming to get you. John Cena. Like, Oh, I fucking hate that guy so much. Yeah. I hate, well, we, him. I hate we, him. We have a very interesting inset promo here. Do you, do you notice anything unusual about it? Oh. Looks like Jake's talking to Damien. The inset window is on the right side rather than the left side. Do you know why they did it that way? It's Bizarro World. Are we going to have like a face-to-face like Andre and Jake? Jake is facing from right to left like he's the Philadelphia Eagles logo or Hebrew text. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, Jake Roberts, the uh, the man who always recognizes Hebrew text. <laughs> Jake Roberts, a man who'll stay kosher no matter what. <laughs> Actually, it kind of makes sense. I mean, Jake would go on to quote the Old Testament at some point, I would imagine. I'm going to testify. He's also got Damien there too. So the, she's, would you? She's good. Yeah. It, would you go to a church where Jake Roberts was the was the preacher? I probably would. <laughs> is he is he a draw? Um, I don't know. Um, is he a draw? Yeah. That that that's that's how I judge various Catholic churches. Is like, is the pastor a draw? Like, is he drawing people? Yes. Fun. Mm. Fun. Father Crispo back in the day at St. Margaret's in Burlington, he was a draw. You know how I know that? Because I fucking saw the crowds when Crispo was up on that on that altar. Also, they na- they named the goddamn street outside after him. Okay, it's, I, fa- it's Father Crispo Way. I saw the, the crowds. It was like it was like a, it was like Sister Act. I will follow him. All right, let's see what Jake's got. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Uh, Of course, it's Andre-related, I'm sure. Just a reminder, Andre, when we're around, you have four eyes. That's two sets of eyes on you all the time. Now, Damien here, he's very patient. But he could strike at any. All right. All right. They, They did a fucking terrible job of mixing the audio on that one. Why are you so nervous, Andre? All, all I could fucking hear was, like, crowd noise. I couldn't even hear what Jake said. It's like, I, it's like I'm, four, I'm like, 20 minutes into this goddamn show, and I, or 30 minutes into this goddamn show, and I'm already fucking angry. <laughs> you need to calm down. Yeah, there's a former glo- or, or future global light heavyweight champion, Barry Horowitz, in with yeah, Jake. Yeah, the fucking Barry Horowitz, the man. Representing global... Barry, uh, I feel like he had a, more than one squash match with Jake. Mm-hmm. That's like yes. a, that's like an interesting squash match or something like something interesting about it or. No, just that he was willing to have the snake thrown on him 
or that sure. he would take take the DDT. Shit. I always enjoy when when they show Damien in the corner and he he starts going like 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 he's Ron Burgundy having an erection there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean seriously, that's like the most I think I've, I that's the most you know visual and act, active I've ever seen Damien in the corner. Mm. Uh, oh, look at this. You get the rare uh, the rare enhancement guy going for a pin during one of these matches. Well, don't forget, Barry Horowitz had a had a WWF Superstars card, so he was he was he was kind of a jobber to the stars, I think at this point, right? Yeah. He Horowitz might have gotten hurt there. Mm. Although he might have he might have been selling an injury cuz Jake just hits a DDT out of nowhere after he pulled the hamstring or something. I, I, I love that Jake just put his he put his hand on his face, and that's how he pinned him. And then and now Jake's pissed because he got hit by the enhancement guy. So now, you know, Damien's gonna actually get to freaking chew on. Damien's gonna finish his bris. <laughs> <laughs> da- Damien ordered the kosher meal. That's right. <laughs> You know, I, I I wouldn't even care about what Horowitz's religion was if they didn't fucking shove it in our face in like '95 and '96. Well, I mean, I think in 1989, '88, '87, once he changed his name from Barry Hart to Barry Horowitz, I think you had to know he was he was Jewish, right? I mean, Horowitz. I don't know there. I didn't realize Horowitz was a friggin' Jedi name. <laughs> uh, I've seen too many Jake squash matches over the years. I like those trunks that Jake's got on, though, or those tights. Jake's yeah. tights are good this week. Yeah, Jake hasn't worn trunks since early Mid-South. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, there they Here's are. Update. Oh, no, they, they they call it update. We we call it something else. Oh, yeah. We are for the whatever happened there segment. Whatever yeah. happened there? Whatever happened there? I'll tell you what fucking happened. <laughs> and here's, here's me, Gene. Um... I did not screen this through to see what the whatever happened there was because I, they already talked about the mega powers thing, so they, they'll probably talk about something else, right? Oh, let's see. I'm gonna ask you a bet here. All right, over under, uh, not over under. What are the odds that it's about Big John Stud looking for uh, something to do? <laughs> Big John Stud. Uh, I would put that at about. I'd give that about five to one. Okay. All right, so I'm gonna say it's, I'm gonna say it's Big John Stud. I'm wondering if maybe uh, the powers of pain could be involved here. Okay. Which are which? Well, actually, we get the powers of pain coming up later on the show, so we'll save our little anecdote for that. Hi again, everybody. WrestleMania Five, Sunday afternoon, April the second, from Trump Plaza Hotel and Casino in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Right now, a number of challenges are in the talking stages. The Red Rooster wants his former manager, Bobby Heenan. <laughs> we're, we're, we're leading off with that, uh, Oakland. Uh, that, that's what's going to sell the show? Come on, that, huh? <laughs> that was the first match they announced on the card. Not well, the main event. No, he said, he said this is still pending. <laughs> uh, okay. You know, I, so, I, I sent you a thing last night. Yeah, it's Terry Taylor's birthday. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you think, were like, I, didn't I respond with just like, ugh? Y- yeah, you were. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you did. You you were probably falling asleep. Or actually, no, you don't. You don't fall. You don't go to bed early enough on Saturday. That's your problem. Yeah, I know. And then yeah. I and then you text me at eight o'clock, and you're like, "Good morning, sunshine." And then like two and a half hours later, I just write back with, "Good morning." That's right. I'm I'm watching fucking extra inning games from the West Coast and and staying up through the end, and and, I, and I'm up fresh as a daisy at seven thirty. That's be, that's because my cat wakes me up at six fifteen. But that, that's yeah. neither here nor there. Well, you know, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. All right, let's so, see what other what, what other breaking news Gene has on this event. <laughs> all right, I, I caught Gene sort of mid-blink there. He kind of looks like that paused picture of Homer in the Homer Badman episode. No, Mr. Homer, Oakland, no! Don't, don't, don't take your anger out on me. <laughs> What's his tie looks nice. I like his tie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The brain, by the way, is ignoring that request. <laughs> He's well, doing what everybody does to Terry Taylor. He's completely ignoring him. You don't ever admit the existence of this thing. <laughs> no. But, I mean, then again, what, what's Bobby going to get mixed up with? What? Who's he getting mixed up with? <laughs> oh, oh, well, yeah, Heenan is not. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So what's our next match? Garvin Bravo, the last battle of Quebec. <laughs> One match already signed. The Intercontinental Champion, ah, the Ultimate it, I Warrior, could offend against Ravishing Rick Rude. I must say, after the Royal Rumble, this match had to happen as part of WrestleMania Five. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, they, they did a good job building to that. Yeah, they did. And, of course, it's it's a natural thing because... If if you accept the premise that there was an issue with guys not wanting to work with Warrior, mm-hmm. Rick Rude is in the perfect spot because not only did he work with him in world class when Warrior was even more green than he is here, but he actually worked with him pretty well. In world class? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know that there's a match where they teamed with each other too, but or or maybe maybe I'm maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. But yeah, they, they, they had a lot of lot of interactions there. Another WWF title bout. Tag Team Champions, Demolition, Axe and Smash. Battle the Powers of Pain, the Warlord and the Barbarian, and their manager partner, Mr. Fuji. Okay. So they, they, they're very clear up front that it's going to be... A, they don't say three on two right away, but yeah, okay. They're mm. just going to slip in Fuji. What do you? Th- why do you think they did that? Like, do you think that the idea of like just the barbarian and warlord going up against demolition wasn't enough to like seal the deal for that? Or do you think like like why do you think that they decided? Because it's really odd that they decided to put Fuji in in the like what would have happened if in what would have happened in reality if they won? Like, was Fuji going to defend the title? You know, like were they going to visit the Freebird rule like earlier than? I suppose I suppose they could have a free bird rule, except that uh, Fuji would just that he would basically become Axe in 1990. Yeah. Like yeah. He, he, it would it would all uh, would they do a thing where it's like which two which two of the three members of the Powers of Pain will defend the title? Will it be Fuji and Barbarian, Fuji and Warlord, or will it be Barb and I? And, Barb and I. Barb, Barb and I never had a problem with Fuji being there at five no. because he was going to be there. He was going to take the pin and he was going to protect us. I, that that has to be the only thing, right? Is that had to be the only thing is that they thought that, OK, so we let Fuji take the eat the pin and then yeah. we don't have to. And then we could still run 
the warlord and barbarian, the powers of pain against demolition for the, but don't they move, they move demolition off them fairly quickly to yeah, the, the yeah, twin yeah, towers, they, right? Yeah. They, they go to the twin towers and the problem is the powers of pain didn't have much to do in the summer of 89. They were just going to face yeah. like what bushwhackers, but then they're and, back, they're back with them at survivor series, which is so funny that they, they like reheat the feud after after SummerSlam, <laughs> Barb and I never had a problem being put in the microwave and reheated for for main event programs on C shows. Like, I mean, Barb and I are not like you know we're not like a fish meal or or shrimp or something like that where like it's gonna stink up the whole house if you reheat us in the microwave. We're kind of like we're kind of like rice where you can reheat us in the microwave and we're pretty palatable after that. So we always enjoyed that. Is that a Fuji joke? I don't I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> this is two against three. And yes, folks. I, I love how I was like, they didn't say it was three against two. And then literally the next sentence out of his mouth was. Yeah. That's probably why I should probably why I should screen these things. The titles are on the line. What about Andre the Giant meeting Jake the Snake Roberts with Big John Stud and ah! the special referee for this? He still can't find a match. <laughs> Nobody wants to wrestle me. Nobody wants to. Because they know that I'm involved in orgies and they don't want to they don't want to catch something. <laughs> Nobody wants to touch that. No ringside attendant wants to touch that fucking cloak. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, it, it, it literally says BJ's on it. <laughs> Barb and I don't. Barb and I never had a problem with Big John Stud. We just didn't want to go anywhere near him. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, John, you, you and your STDs there. No! I can't handle this, John. <laughs> no. I'm surprised there wasn't an Attitude Era character whose initials were STD, and he was uh, sexually promiscuous. He could have feuded with Val Venus, something like that. Uh, and Big John Studd could have been his manager. Fuck, I hope Russo doesn't listen to this podcast. He'll he'll probably uh, run that, some shitty indie promotion that... Would... Listen, bro, it's wrestling. No one cares, man. It's all about making money, bro. Oh, God, that guy. This matchup, and the big one, and I do mean the big one, for the World Wrestling Federation Championship, Macho Man Randy Savage to defend against Hulk Hogan. <laughs> I like the big smile on Savage's face. It's like it's like he's Lenny on that Simpsons. Like, well, I was having, I was having a tuck, and I, everything just kept looking up. Oh, Savage. He's so happy right here. He Because Vince hasn't told him yet that he's dropping the belt. <laughs> he thinks he's going to get another three months with it. He, got, he, he just got done with a six-month cleaning at the dentist. Yeah. Just, yeah. Teeth nice and white now. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't and they didn't have those crest strips back in those days either. Oh, you had to go and sit under a ultraviolet light and have it uh, you know, burned off. Basically, the tartar was burned off your teeth. It was a kind of a painful procedure, but afterwards your 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 mouth was so bright and wonderful, and I just said, yeah. <laughs> uh, Hogan's got the full bandana now. Yeah, they finally yeah. they've they've accepted uh, reality. Also, they made sure to include the little cross there. Mm-hmm. By the way, later on at this hour, we will hear from both the champion and the challenger. Oh, good. Again. I like the little music that they had in the background, too. Yeah. And God bless when WrestleMania aired at 4 p.m. on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. 
I'd, appre- I'd appreciate next year if, if it started at 4 p.m. Um, well, I mean, WrestleMania 29 or WrestleMania thir- 29. Yeah, WrestleMania 29 started at. Uh, no, no. What's the one that you went to? 34? Um, that was like 85 hours long. No, that was 30, 35. The one at MetLife. Yeah, 35 started at 4 p.m. It's just it was an eight hour show. Well, the, the of course, then there was WrestleMania 31, a.k.a. the partial birth abortion of WrestleManias, uh, of which uh, that started at like Pacific time, 4, 4, p, 4 p.m. So the fucking Undertaker comes out in bright daylight like, yeah, this doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it's not that literally didn't work for me, brother. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And Hogan Hogan was on that mania too, coming coming down in support of Sting because that fucking makes sense. Mm-hmm. Worst fucking match ever. That is absurd. Because <laughs> if there's one if there's one thing in WCW history that makes me think of Sting, it's his support for the NWO. Well, remember <laughs> he 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 joined the Wolf Pack because he was given no other options. But I always enjoy a good wrestling match in which the heel wins by hitting the baby face with a sledgehammer and then they shake hands afterwards because that fucking makes sense. But <laughs> uh, uh-huh. but by, by, by the way, tri- Triple H deserves to be fucking uh, fired j- just for that. So and now now that he's clearly on his way out uh, because of the uh, Endeavor merger. Uh, well, anyway, let, let's let's play wait and see with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we get the Braid Busters coming down in their satin oh. jackets. Oh, nice! Will the Chiron be spelled correctly? Oh, the Bri- <laughs> is it going to be my brother's Busters, the Brian Busters? <laughs> that, that's your gimmick sometimes. <laughs> the Brian Busters. I, I'm going to say that it's spelled correctly. <laughs> I will agree. There's no way they fuck it up more than once. The greatest Chiron in World Wrestling Federation history is definitely Burt Hart. That that is <laughs> that is my all time all time favorite. Burt Hart. That are both climbing the ladder and a loss for either one would set him back. It'd be a real setback. Jesse sets the scene here by like, look, both these teams are climbing up the ranks here, and neither one of them can lose. And it's like. Oh, so you, Jesse preemptively explaining the booking of this one. Mm-hmm. They didn't even give either team a Chiron. There's no bell either. So they're just brawling. And if you ever notice, it's always Sean pairs off with Arn and Marty mm-hmm. pairs off with Tully. Yeah. <laughs> I like Marty and Tully. Um, the, you know that they finished. They finished one two in the Nathan's cocaine snorting contest in 1989. I think it's because I think it's because Terry Terry always had or Tully, excuse me, Tully always had, you know, some remnants of cocaine on his on his upper lip, and Marty sought that shit out like it was an in, like he was the predator and he could see the infrared of the cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> so he, I like how Heenan just gets in the ring and just starts mixing it up with Sean. Sure. <laughs> yeah, where, where's? Tully, oh, come t- on. Yeah, Tully's back with his lines of cocaine and never to return. Oh, here he comes. <laughs> He's not moving very fast for a guy who just snorted three lines. Well, it's because he thought it was cocaine, but it was actually some somas that were crushed up and uh, cut in the line. So that's Tully, Tully, Tully went to the, the back. Slow. 
Tully went to the back to take a bump, and then he came back out to the ring to take another bump. <laughs> maybe maybe Tully said to Marty, he was like, listen, man, I got a fucking turtle head poking out. Let me just run into the back real quick, and I'll be right back out. <laughs> Tully's a yep. consummate professional. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to shit his pants like uh, Sid did. Oh. <laughs> or Bret Hart. Or CM oh. Punk. Oh, is there, is there is there now a Brett shit his pants story? Huh? Oh, here comes Shawnee Gray suit again in the event center. No, there's there's like I've heard stories of CM Punk shit in his pants, Sid shit in his pants, Brett shit in his pants. Not Brett, Stone Cold shitting his pants. Obviously, we know Andre shit. Andre, well, Andre didn't really shit his pants. Andre just shit outside of his pants. Uh, in fact, I don't know if you know this, but Andre actually didn't shit his pants. He literally pulled his singlet down and shit all over Bad News Brown. Look, when you got to go, you got to go. <laughs> it was for, it was for payback for Bad News Brown threatening Andre with his gun when uh, Andre called him the N-word. It was payback. Look, look, the referee in that match gave Bad News certain instructions of what Andre needed to do. He's got to go. And he, when he's got to go, he's got to go. He's got to go. He's got to go. Oh. They, they have to keep uh, three rolls of Continental ringside for, for all Andre matches. It's like having a fire marshal on hand for, for that. You have, to, you have to keep up a certain amount of toilet paper for... Uh... Uh, Andre. Andre heard the referee say, go home. And Andre went, I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> 4 p.m. live from Trump Plaza Hotel. And... So we're getting event centers that are not Stop like. Stop yelling at me, Sean Mooney. Yeah, we're already past the Washington Armory or the D.C. Armory, excuse me. Okay. So yeah. now, now we're on to just you know regular mania promos. Oh, so Mooney's just going to repeat the same shit that we just heard from Oakland five minutes ago. Great. So I have a question then. All right. So we know that Savage was still finishing up his. His go round with bad news at this point. And then mm-hmm. he had a couple of matches against the Warrior. So were they not they must not have been promoting Savage versus Bad News because at this point, well, I guess Savage doesn't fully turn heel on the rest of the raw like Savage hasn't moved into the heel locker room yet, right? No, they they had <laughs> they had promoted Matt No, Savage as world champion probably got himself a separate locker room. Yeah. Like like DBRC at four. Mm-hmm. Oh wait! Oh wait! Most a lot of people don't know that there, there was a bit in the Coliseum video for WrestleMania Four. I tried to post this on YouTube once, but you know, because Coliseum video, no, nothing can ever get through. Where DiBiase does a promo where he's like, "That's right, you won't find the Million Dollar Man in some stinky, dingy locker room with a bunch of bubbling buffoons." I have too much class, character, and dignity to lower myself to that level. Of course, I always wondered why Andre. Uh, where's Andre? Like DiBiase, you know. I thought I thought they were friends. <laughs> mm. Especially since Andre needs certain bathroom facilities. Maybe maybe it was that, you know. Yeah, he uh, didn't want to share his. Ba- you know, that's a very Larry David esque type of thing. Like Ted DiBiase didn't really want to share his bathroom with Andre because he knew that, uh, you know, uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it's not gonna be good, you know. He's uh, you don't it's want, not gonna be good. Andre needed a specific type of bathroom, either a reinforced to, reinforced toilet or bad news brown, who of course mm-hmm. was there. So, <laughs> e- e- either way. 
I didn't know. I didn't realize Bad News was always on all fours, letting Andre just shit all over him. Andre the Giant, the special guest referee, Big John Studd, and the Mega Powers. Yeah, they're not gonna. They're not gonna give us anything new here. I'm wondering when is the picture of Savage gonna change? That's something I look forward to seeing. So I sent you first. Oh, we get we get promo from Demolition. Yes. I was gonna say this is the first mention of the Mega Powers exploding. Yeah. Because Mean Gene didn't say it, so they let Sean Mooney say that. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe Gene didn't think it was going to get over, so he's like, I want Mooney to test drive this first. Mm. It's like using the bathroom after Andre. You don't want to be first. <laughs> this is something I'm just going to bring up for Compare everything to going to the bathroom after Andre. Andre taking a shit. That's a new, bit. That's a new gimmick we have. It's a, it's a gimmick we've always had. I know, but it's just funny thinking of Andre taking a shit like. No, no, it's it's not funny. It, it's really uh... fucking nauseating. Wait, now <laughs> let me ask you this: Do you think Andre in Andre's house? Do you think Andre had a had a round bowl or like one of those like oval bowls? Um, I think Andre had the oval. I th- I think it was a custom. It, it was definitely a custom job, you, and I think, think I think it was an oval. Yeah, because he's do you wider. Think Andre, do you think Andre had? A bidet, and like of course he did. He's French. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, do you have a slow closed toilet seat? Um, I did, and then because I because it closes so much because we use the bathroom frequently in my house, uh, it no longer slow closes. It just kind of falls down real fast. Oh, oh. But you know, all right. I mean, that that gear wears out after a while. It's only a flat piece of plastic. So I so I should have given you a toilet seat instead of that Powers of Pain shirt. <laughs> Never that Powers of Pain shirt. That's the big surprise, everybody. Pete sent me a Powers of Pain shirt, um, t-shirt. It fits wonderfully. It's it's like it's the perfect. It's 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 oh, it's gonna become, it's gonna become like a weekly shirt. I'm telling you. The the only thing that I wish is I wish I could have got the custom job instead of it saying the Powers of Pain. I wish it could could have got it to just say Barb and I. <laughs> well, they fucking left a note out that you put on it, so. Oh yeah, I, I, I well that that's what happens sometimes. I, I had asked that a note be included that said Barb and I never had a problem with custom powers of pain shirts. <laughs> I fucking love that shirt. I hope I see this package in the mail. I go, what is this? And as soon as I like opened the package and I saw it was a T-shirt, I went. He didn't. And I pull it out and I go, yes, he did. And I was That's so excited. I, I was giddy. Um, Barb and I always yeah. knew. <laughs> we got... Barb and I always knew that sending a shirt 30 years later would be exciting. Do, do you notice here at Demolition, their their heads cover certain letters? of. I, I always enjoy this. Like when we got, what was it, Emo Santana? I, I forget. Like It says Emo Lion right now. Yeah, Emo, emo Lion. Which, uh, by the way, Chris uh, Chris saw Emo Lion at the Paradise in Boston, op- opening for a social distortion. Anyway, all right, let's see what they have to say. You're the one that set the stage way back in the Survivor Series. Dang. Remember when you tripped my leg? And we... He didn't trip him. He opened up the ropes. Well, they, it's been a long time. You don't think they re-ran that friggin' angle the entire winter season that's that's true you got to reinforce it for the for the for the dummies mm-hmm. you still don't know why 
But it's all set. You got your big goon. You got the giant warlord. And you got the barbarian. And there are a couple of tough son of a guns. You know something? That smashed Bubba fight. And when it comes to WrestleMania 5, we're going to give you a fight. Because when it all ends up, the two idiots are going to be gone. And you're going to be sitting center stage. And you know what happens then, foolish astute? Everything you taught us is going to happen to you. Well, you taught us well, Pooch. You taught us well. Right here in WrestleMania, one year after we captured these belts, we're putting them on the line. Two of us against you and your two stooges. Well, Fuji, the warlord and barbarian, they aren't going to be able to help you. We're going to dispose them, throw them out of the Trump Plaza, and you're going to be left there in there by yourself. And I'll tell you something, Fuji. We've got a couple tricks up our sleeve. We're coming after you. That little chubby neck and those eyeballs, they're going to be popping all over Atlantic City. We're going to give you a promise. That match for the tag team. Well, Bill Eady is uh, certainly well rested. <laughs> well rested. How much liquor? How much licorice does fucking Smash uh, eat to create that effect with his tongue? Mm. That's blacktop bully. <laughs> Come see WrestleMania on closed circuit at College Park, Maryland. Yes. Yeah. I'll make it. I'll make a note of that. Uh-huh. I mean, College Park, Maryland can't be that far away from Atlantic City, right? Um, no, it, it is. Dri- driving down that area, it always fucking takes forever to get from one place to another. Oh, so uh, all right. So the Stridex thing here, which I think takes the place of the Nintendo, now you're playing with power. Yeah. Because it's a heel. Ah. And it's Mr. Perfect. And I want you to be quiet because you're going to hear some very familiar music that we haven't heard in a while. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. It's back. It's back. Presents Great Wipeouts. Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. His obsession, perfection. His mission to wipe out anyone who defies his claims. Mr. Perfect, a profile in arrogance. <laughs> they had the, uh... Hey, it's me, Mr. Perfect, and now I'm about to show you how I can score a touchdown by myself. <laughs> was that your Kurt Henning impersonation? Because it sounded like Foley. <laughs> it was my happy, it was happy Henning. It was Happy Henning, because when he was doing those vignettes, he was like Happy Henning, and he was like, hey, everybody, it's Mr. Perfect. (laughs) First of all, you you are are fucking ridiculous. It sounded like uh, Cactus Kurt. (laughs) Come on, huh? Yeah. Cactus Kurt. (laughs) Well, of course, yeah, Henning won, won a world title in the AWA, but anyway. The work Thanks. being done Thanks on his million-dollar championship belt in the Ascus Salon. We were obliged Uh-oh. to be there. Let's take a look at the footage. All right, part two of three. All right. I, I really enjoyed this last week. I, I enjoyed it even more than I thought I would. Yeah. He's not wearing the cape, though, yet, right? Oh, I think th- I think he only busts out the cape for the last one. Okay, good. So, good. Well, so now- it was good cape weather. This this is actually a perfect three act vignette. You know, you have mm-hmm. the set the setup in the first one. Yep. Now, I think he's I think he's going to check on the work. Yes. To to see how it's going, which yeah. I, I'm not sure if they uh, jewelry stores really want you to do that. Like you know, 
look, you're, you're paying us a lot of money. Can you just let us, you know, deal with it? But and then and then the third one is him picking up the belt, and and that's the crescendo. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, uh, Betteridge Jewelers in Greenwich, Connecticut, a place that I will probably never set foot in my life. Mm. Although, even though I kind of want to see if it looks even remotely the same. Yeah, I was just thinking that I I want to go down there and just check it out. I mean, you could go in the store. They don't know that you don't have money. I told you they don't sell comic books there. <laughs> Do they sell used vinyl records, maybe. You never know. They 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 don't want your kind in there. My kind. Yeah. Hi, everybody. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's it's Richard Kind, and I'm here to come and see if they got the WWF million dollar belt. <laughs> Someday, L.A. Knight is going to have this. Did, did he have that? I don't, I don't even know. Um, yeah, he must have. I think he won it. Yeah, from Cameron Crow there or whatever his name is. Cameron Crow. <laughs> yeah, that... I don't like how the employees didn't pop for DiBiase the way that they did last week. Mm-hmm. However, that is counterbalanced by DiBiase once again dressing like a human person. <laughs> we we needed more of DiBiase dressing like this. I think. Yes. Yes. It it really may, If anything, these vignettes really hate me. Caused me to hate the million dollar man suits. Mm. Like, I mean, I, I guess he needed something that he could quickly take off. You know, for yeah. for in yeah. ring. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. So, by the way, he's not wearing a tie. I find that a little unusual. Yeah, but that was the style at the time where, like, rich guys would wear, like, the suit jackets without the tie. You know, that was a thing. Well, Virgil wearing a sleeveless shirt to a fucking jewelry store in Connecticut in February is an odd choice. Um, I want to I start yelling at Virg, like, hey, hey. You're not much of a dresser. We wear caps and sleeves at this jewelry store, son. Understood? Mm-hmm. Yes. Understood. All right. oh, wait. wait, no caps. They took out the bleachers two years ago. That's right. Where's my belt? I want to see my belt. We're really not ready for you. We're working on it. I don't want to hear any excuses. I want to see my belt, and I want to see it now. Uh, it's in pieces. The jewelers are eating. I don't care if it's in a million pieces. I want to see what you got right now. Okay, well, uh, go take a look. Follow me. By the way, Betteridge is wearing a bow tie again. I wonder if they... F- <laughs> it's almost like they filmed all of these in the same day. <laughs> Seems like it. <laughs> now, we're ba- now, now we're in the back of... Now we're in fucking Gringotts. Gringotts Bank, <laughs> which is a Harry Potter reference in case you didn't know. I was I was unaware that before he was on uh, that at the same time he was on SNL that Dennis Miller was working in a jewelry store. <laughs> very strange. Yes, very strange. <laughs> That's the belt, and I am out of here. Did you know that this was Ted DiBiase's belt I was working on? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, okay. This is it. This is what we have so far. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very nice. Uh, exactly. What is he doing there? 
Well, here he's picking the diamonds to fit into the centerpiece on top of the belt, mister. If that's the centerpiece of my belt, then you don't have nearly enough diamonds. I want more diamonds. I want bigger diamonds. We've got almost 500 in total. I don't care if you've got 500 stones there. If that's just 500 stones and that's my centerpiece, we need 800 stones. We need more. Okay. And what's he doing over there? Uh, he's working on the links to the back of the belt. Uh, well, I, I want that in gold. I want that solid gold. This wasn't part of the original plan. Did I don't care what the original plan was. I'm paying for this, Better Rich, and I say I want gold there. Look, you had your price to take on this endeavor, and everybody knows that when the million-dollar man wants something, he gets it the way he wants it. I always get what I want. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Karen DiBiase, everybody. <laughs> you think, you think <laughs> he, would, Vince, he, would, he would like to see the manager. <laughs> do you think Vince found out? He was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't authorize you to make 800 diamonds. We said 500, you son of a bitch. <laughs> it does feel like the cost of it would be more than a million dollars. Yeah. 800 diamonds? Yeah, I'm, well, if they're, if they're small enough, but... That's not good enough, though, for Ted DiBiase. I'm not familiar with diamond prices in, in 1989, though. Neither am I. I'm sure it's more than a million dollars. Yeah. Oh, is this, uh, is this our guy making his way down? Oh, well, there's Louis Spicoli in the wow. ring. Wow! Or, excuse me, Lou Spicoli. Holy shit, that's a young Lou Spicoli. Yeah, and speaking of shit, here's Bad News Brown. <laughs> Spicoli's only, what, 20 at this point? Because wasn't he 19 when he wrestled Bossman last year? Uh, I believe he's 18 here. 18 here, okay. Yeah. 18 years old, Louis Spicoli. Wow. Louis Spicoli, that's a tragedy in wrestling. I kind of wish he had, you know, had a chance, had a better chance, you know? It's kind of an overlooked one, too. Uh his yeah. birthday his birthday is February tenth, nineteen seventy one. So he would have been 18. he would have been seventeen still, but mm. eight eighteen by the time that this aired. And uh he died at age twenty seven in February of ninety eight when he was yeah. starting to get a little bit of a little bit of a push in WCW. I would love to go back in time and I would love, I mean, I'd love to go back in time and fix a lot of the tragedies that have happened in wrestling. Like, for yeah. some, like, I would love to have stopped Bagnum TA's car accident, you know, just to see what would have happened. I would have loved to have, uh, I would have loved to have, you know, stopped Chris Candido from getting on that flight, you know, and I would have loved to have stopped Luis Piccoli's tragedy. Like, I, it's just, there's certain guys that I w would have loved to have seen kind of just continue on with their lives, not necessarily their careers, but their lives, you know. He, he was going in an interesting direction when he died. Where like he, he had the little run in ECW the year before with Dreamer, mm -hmm. and as with anything in ECW, there was limits to to how far you know he, he was going to get there. But yeah. he was he was basically working as Scott Hall's lackey. Of course, yeah. the problem with that is if you if you if you save Louis Piccoli, then you you've got to get Scott Hall off the skag as well. So then. So that that storyline could play out where he was basically like, I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. Like Scott Hall's errand boy. You know what? I think it would have been, I, I would have liked to have seen Scott Hall get cleaned like a lot earlier on than he did, you know? Yeah. I mean, talk about a guy who should have been a world champion in two different promotions. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that Scott Hall should have been a champion in both the E and the C or the 
Yeah, I'll say the E and the C. Yeah. The E and the C. Yeah. Oh, bad news. He's going to get a little extracurricular in after the match. Well, we know that we know that he's no longer have to what has to worry about Brett coming down to beat him up nor Savage. So, yeah. Yeah, bad news doesn't have a lot going on at this point. I mean, we we mentioned the house show issue with with Savage, which I would give anything to see any of those matches. Where sure. bad news, bad news was the face in some of them. Savage was the face in some of them, but none none of them made tape. But bad bad news versus Duggan at five, which is just kind of a nothing match. Mm. Oh, look at that! We get a, a in the WWF magazine. Rick Martel returns. However, I and I have to say this: yes. Duggan versus Bad News at five. It, it led to the creation of like one of the greatest gags that my brother and his friends have ever had. Oh, and it's so Duggan gets the snot in his nose, right? And one of my brother's friends was, looked at it and he was like, oh, that's a fucking James. Oh, that's a Jimmy. Like, because it's Jim Duggan. He has like a Jimmy. And the Jimmy ended up becoming like, just saying something was a Jimmy was like the worst thing in the world. And then it had, obviously, it was like a James, a Jim, a Jimmy Jam. Like, it led to a whole bunch of different things where it was like, like, if you're getting, if you're driving down the street and you're stuck behind a school bus, that's a fucking Jimmy, because you're just, like, stuck behind the school bus the whole time. If you get fired from a job, that's a James, you know? So, yeah, there's a thing called the James Constitution. I'll have to look it up and uh, read some of the, uh, pr- some of the uh, you know, the amendments to the James Constitution. I honestly have no fucking idea what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> like, seriously, uh, I, I don't... Again, your brother Brian, whatever happened there, like yeah. I, I, I do, I did not understand a single word of that. So, um, that will, as be, our... that will be stricken from the record. <laughs> we'll move on <laughs> to the World Wrestling Federation. Wonderful ever team back up with Tito Santana. I don't know. Right now, let's go right back up to ringside. Yeah. Oh, there's a guy already in the ring there. Oh, look at that. There's Coco. They didn't forget about him. Mm-hmm. All right. Will Coco have tights that say WWF on them? Oh, uh, no. I bet you his tights say Birdman. Birdman? Maybe his, his tights are going to say Frankie. Ross Browner. He kind of looks familiar. It's like he's, it's like he's, uh, oh, there it is. It says WWF on the back of it. Ross Browner looks familiar, like he's Ludwig Borger's younger brother. Mm. He's a young Brian Malonis. <laughs> How old do you think Brian Malonis is? Jesus. <laughs> he's, like, he's like our age at most. I think he's like four years younger than us. Brian Malonis, <laughs> Brian Malonis wasn't even born in 1989. <laughs> Oh, wait, wait, no. No, no, he had to have been born in 89. It was a joke. It was a joke. It's a joke. Yeah, sure. Say hi to your wife and kids for me. <laughs> Who the fuck wow, is that, this guy? He, he ran the ropes very weird. He, like, kicked his leg out as he was uh, hitting the ropes. 
This guy sucks. Yeah. Oh, Red Rooster taking a page out of Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning there. With the uh, neck Coco. Coco's not on five, by the way. No. Is he on the pre-show? I'm pretty sure that there's a pre-show with, like, he goes over Boris Zukov or something. Yeah. It's funny. I was going to ask you if he fought um, Nikolai. Well, that was one of his, that was his first huge win in the WWE, uh, Saturday night's main event against uh, Nikolai. Yeah. If, if memory serves. You know, it's been too long since I've watched those Saturday night main events. I mean, it sounds like you want to do yourself another. Uh, yeah, well, another I, project. I, no, I, I well, I caved and I got the Peacock so I could watch SummerSlam on Saturday. But then I didn't even watch it on Saturday because I watched the Orioles and the Mets. So instead, I watched it on Sunday on the replay. Mm. And it was OK, except I fell asleep halfway through the tribal combat match. Yeah. Which, which was fucking longer than WrestleMania four. I mean. <laughs> Did that match have to be 37 fucking minutes? Do you know that from start to finish, in, including introductions in the package and everything, it was an hour? Mm-hmm. An hour from start to finish. Roman Reigns is entering into Undertaker territory with his entrances now. I wonder how much time they have with him left before he, he bails and does something else. Um, I mean, we've seen him in a little bit of his acting chops. I don't think he really has chops to be an actor. I mean, and he doesn't really, like, I don't know. What what, what are you going to put him in? Is he just like Jason Momoa's, like, replacement for shit? I mean, and I'm just saying that because he and Jason Momoa kind of look similar enough that he could put him in. I mean, there's not a big, there's not a big push for like a Samoan contingency in, in, in acting these days, you know? I mean, if you're going to have a Samoan person, you're going to call The Rock, not fucking, you know, Joseph Anoy or whatever. But I just, well, I don't what see... about What about that thing that Samoa Joe is in? What, Heels? Is it Heels? No, he's in some movie. Oh, yeah, what's he in? Yeah, but that, all right, so there you go. So you got The Rock or you got Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe's got personality. You, you I don't like... think... There's no place for Samoans in Hollywood. And I literally named a guy named Joe who is Samoan and uh, (laughs) instantly disproved your uh, thing. I just don't. Well, all right. But I said that there's no place in Hollywood for multiple Samoans. And you disproved my theory. Now you're asking me to add a third Samoan. It's a no Samoans club. We're allowed to have one. I don't think... (laughs) I just, I don't know. I don't see what else he's going to do. What is he going to do? Become a commentator for fucking ESPN? Like, what's, what's, what's Joseph Annoy, Annoy going to do? Like, <laughs> I guess he could just retire and enjoy his friggin' retirement at 30-something years old, you know? He's, uh, he's going to be 38 this year if his birthday hasn't already happened because he's a 1985 birthday. And I, and I'm not saying that I don't, I'm not saying that he doesn't have passion he doesn't look like he has the same amount of like the same level of passion in the ring as like other guys who go on way too long. <clears throat> Rick Flair. Um, I, he doesn't look like he has the passion like that. I mean, so I just I feel like he's going to retire when he feels like he's just fucking done. I mean, forget about it. If like, you know, God forbid his cancer comes back because I wouldn't want his cancer to come back. That's horrifying. But like if his cancer comes back, 
he's not going to freaking wrestle anymore. Like, well, he's going to be like, fuck it, you know? I've said it before on this podcast. They're playing a very dangerous game with him because if I know that he's basically only defending on big four pay-per-views and maybe, like, maybe one of the other ones. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. You know, send him to fucking Saudi Arabia. But he'll, if he if he gets hurt, and he has to, and, and they, they, they do the vacate the title thing. Mm. Holy, holy shit. This entire thing was a waste. And by the way, I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit fatigued of this, of this bloodline storyline where like, if you're, if you're using big four pay-per-views to have a tag guy challenge for the world title to like, mm. Oh, I'm sorry. I fucking missed the summer slam where it was Hulk Hogan versus smash from demolition. Although by the way, that would have been a fucking awesome main event, especially if smash had gone over in four minutes. <laughs> anyway, I had a dream that's, about that. Actually, That's not going to work for me, brother. I mean, that, that's um, probably, probably why I fell asleep watching it thinking, Hmm. This would be a lot better if it was Hogan versus half of a tag team. Like, oh, I don't know, the Warlord <laughs> in NASA. <laughs> um, no, I think that they are playing a dangerous game, but they already got to the thousand days, so they can sell the shirts thousand days or whatever. I mean, I guess the big push is for Cody to finish the story. I still don't see that happening. It mania next year i feel like i feel like cody finishing the story is he's gonna be whoever the friggin other champion is and that's gonna be it like they had the opportunity at wrestlemania you had cody was cody was just so over and i know like he's kind of still over and i think that the brock match was really good but like I, I say it all the time, like they've booked themselves into a corner with roman reigns because now you just you've had so many moments that they've had where it's like it would have just been awesome if they had just let him job and, and lose the championship because then you can get rid of all this bullshit of like, oh, it's fucking 1,075 days. Like, who cares, man? Who cares? Yeah, wow. Well. You know? And I understand, like, the, the chase is better than the actual. Believe me, because if Cody had beaten him at Mania, he would have already lost the title by now. Because, I... because nobody would have cared about a Cody Rhodes title reign after Mania because no one cares about a baby face's title reign. I no. fear, I fear though that while everybody, you know, there's been positive marks for this whole bloodline storyline for, for, for how long it's gone, um, the, you know, basically what since like the end of 2020, for for as long for as long as it's gone on, high marks for it. But now, and I'm gonna reach back into wrestling history to compare it to something. We're, we're, I'm afraid now we're, we might be reaching the Backlund 83 stage of this title mm-hmm. reign when mm-hmm. when Backlund started going into repeats with, yeah. with some of the some of the challengers and the the whole thing started to feel stale. It's like, yeah, did didn't I mean, we're now doing round two of like Us, an Uso brother versus uh, Roman. Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, we know that we know that it's and they'll probably do. um uh, Han Solo Sequoia fucking yeah. next and oh great great yeah that's you know whatever but so so can we can can, can you do me a favor here can what? we stop talking about Roman Reigns <laughs> oh. like this fucking conversation has lasted longer than the fucking Bloodline storyline okay because because we got Randy Savage early eighty nine Randy Savage about to cut a promo on on our screen here. All right, let's let's listen to from God's mouth. Let's here we here we go. I mean, we, okay. 
Will Savage refer to himself as the World Wrestling Federation champion at least twice? Twice? Um, I'm going to... Oh, God, yes. I'm going to go over. Over twice. Okay. Will... <laughs> Will Savage refer to Hogan and refer to him as a hot dog? Oh, <laughs> yes! Okay. He's he's wearing the orange with the with the you know the normal the normal sunglasses and uh, oh he's yoked to the gills here. He's uh, definitely injected. I believe he's also wearing the tie dye shirt. Yes. So no, this is absolutely he's gonna be he's gonna go Hulk Hogan is a goddamn Kayim. <laughs> yeah, I should have known from the very beginning from what you said. Yeah, when the mega powers were formed, yeah, what you were out for from the very beginning, yeah, you were after what was mine, I was a bit, my manager, who lost in your eyes, I remember what you said, you and I are fighting for the same lady, brother, she's my lady too, brother, mm, yeah, that one was rough, those words right there. Yeah, I got stuck, yeah, but I swallowed it anyway. Didn't like the taste, but I swallowed it anyway, yeah. <laughs> I swallowed it anyway, just just like Elizabeth did with Jack Tunney. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, this is, uh, this is the first Rashomon promo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you like the Mega Powers breakup. That's not the way I remember it. <laughs> The Rashomon. I just love that phrase, Rashomon, and I know it's a real thing. It's just really funny to hear it in reference to wrestling. So it was the school play in high school at my high school, like freshman year. Yeah. So like that's part. It also it was referenced on this on the Simpsons, and I, I mentioned this on one of the uh, greetings from Alatau, the early one of the earlier ones, like the mm-hmm. that was obviously around this time in '89. Where you have these two guys doing a promo where they talk yep. about the same stuff from completely different perspectives, and that's basically what Rashomon is, yeah. is all all about. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Or, or was, <laughs> and it, it it is cool how they have the footage just like that, so that mm-hmm. oh yeah, you can make Hogan look like a uh, you know. Mm. But I'm sure that there's more. Well, that's but just easy. The... Yeah. It's easy to make Hogan look like a piece of shit. Sorry. Yeah, when there was a conquistador out of the ring, and I was beating that first conquistador, and I could have beat the other. And guess who shows up? Yeah, to steal the madness of spotlight. Oh, Hogan, yeah. The one that's so jealous of the World Wrestling Federation champion that he can't stand it, yeah. Yeah, you came in there with your poses, yeah. But you made a big idiot out of yourself, yeah. And speaking of idiot things, what about that stupid idea you came up with for SummerSlam, huh? Did you forget that one? Think back, Hulk Hogan, yeah. Think back to your past and what you've done and what you've said. That's when we'll give Elizabeth the high sign. And as she undoes, the Velcro fly on the back of her skirt and takes the skirt off underneath the skirt. Our secret weapon. (laughs) What a fucking creep Hogan is. 
He's a creep. Oh, God. He's like, we're going to have Elizabeth. Like, that's not Vince. That's fucking Hogan. Hey, uh, Vince, you know what will be really good is if we have Elizabeth get, like, half naked on pay-per-view. Savage is, like, a a very well-trained, well-schooled attorney here Mm -hmm. on this one. Like... (laughs) <laughs> well, the thing I was going to say to you is that it's not really difficult to make Hogan look like an asshole. It's the rebuttal that's going to be that's the fucking tour de force trying to make Hogan look like a good guy. Every everybody wants to see Hogan on the stand for the cross examination. I mean, let let's be honest. I mean, Savage is just Savage's Savage's job is easy this entire time. Yeah, well, I don't know if I don't know if I would say easy because for for the character work that he's doing, you had the intensity that he's bringing to this thing uh, makes makes the whole thing work. Yes, but what I'm saying is that Vince went up to Savage and went, "Listen, for the next couple of weeks, we're gonna give you the t- we're basically gonna give you the day off of trying to convince the world. All you have to do is just be really intense, okay? Everything that you're saying is 100 percent accurate. Hogan is a piece of shit." He's a fucking dirty old man who's trying to fuck your wife, who's trying to get your fucking wife into a three-way with him and his fucking weird wife, who can't tell the difference between a fucking blonde woman and her husband, giving beefcake blowjobs. All you have to do is just sit there and just tell it like it is, and uh, if you can ramp up the intensity, that'd be great. And Savage went, well, this sounds like it's going to be a cakewalk for me, Vince. Uh, I can do that for you. Uh, Randy, we're going to need you to act more paranoid. <laughs> well, I'm going to need a lot more cocaine then. <laughs> it's again hard to swallow that stupid idea, Hulk Hogan. But the thing that was the capper here, the thing that I couldn't swallow that just made me throw up was at the end of SummerSlam. Yeah, behind my back. Love me like a brother, I got proof right here, yeah. You got lust in your eyes and in your black heart. For Elizabeth, I got the proof. (laughs) Hogan's putting his fingers in Elizabeth like she's a bowling ball. All right, I can see Hogan, I can see the end of Hogan's digits there. It, it it would have passed the smell test. That's uh, what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, I guess we could see his white fingertips, <laughs> his fucking manicure. I mean, he is he is definitely operating south of the equator. He absolutely has her hand on. He has his hand on her ass. Um. Yes. God yeah. Fucking piece of shit. <laughs> no, he's he's just <laughs> he's just trying to uh, make sure that she stays up there, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I'm sure that's what Hope's gonna say. Yeah, yeah, because Savage hasn't been throwing Elizabeth on his fucking shoulders for the last five years. <laughs> well, no, only since he was a face, year and a a year or so at that point. Okay, whatever. <laughs> It right there sealed your fate, yeah. It put the madness over the edge, yeah. And when the moment of truth comes, in WrestleMania 5, yeah, you're not taking anything that's mine, yeah. You're not taking my manager, Elizabeth, because she'll be in the madness's corner. And what else have I got that you want, yeah? The World Wrestling Federation Championship belt. Ah. And you're not getting that either, yeah. Because when I crawl through those ropes, yeah, and you Look into the madness's eyes, yeah. 
yeah, you're going to start to shake Hulk Hogan because I know everything about you. I know your strengths and I know your weaknesses. Yeah. And my eyes are the eyes of victory. Yeah. And I will not be denied. Love me like a brother. I'm going to get you. Yeah. What are you going to tell all your Hulkamaniacs in front of that capacity crowd in front of zillions and zillions of people all over the world when they know that Hulkamania's dead? See oh, WrestleMania 5 Sunday the, afternoon. Ladies and gentlemen, the Academy Award goes to. Like, I re- dude, I d- that right there is why I put him on my fucking. He's my George Washington on fucking Mount Rushmore. <laughs> his pointing at the camera with his pinky finger is a nice touch because then he can switch to the index finger mm-hmm. to, to, to make another point. He's almost like Dana Carvey as George Bush. Yes. <laughs> using the different fingers for the hand gesture. Uh, like I said all the time. Yeah, and hey, speaking of George Bush, he was the president at this time. Yeah, that's right. He would have just taken office. Yeah. Um. Okay, do you know who Daryl Peterson is? Look like friggin' Dan Spivey for a minute there. I don't he, know who. He's 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 the opponent for Duggan. Yes. Oh. <laughs> well, no. There's a little bit more to him than that. Well, I just before you say that, Duggan has on his two by four. He's got his foam thumb, I guess, foam hand. It looks like it's, it's giving a thumbs, thumb, but it looks like it's giving a thumbs down the way that he's holding it. He, he, yeah. He, he fucked it up and he put it on upside down. <laughs> mm-hmm. He fucked everything up. Yeah, it, it, basically right now I have it paused on a picture of Duggan with the American flag in the background and a thumbs down. Is this some sort of preview of him joining Team Canada 10 what years? He, what is he, Frenchie Martin all of a sudden? <laughs> is he Frenchie Kaiser? So, uh, I, I got to get the camera, got to let it go back to Daryl Peterson to see if you can tell me who that is. Um, hmm. He's, he's just wearing like kind of a plain all black outfit, like in, including a, a top, like a tank top. Is it Eric Watts? That is way too fucking big to be Eric Watts. Um, is it Kane? Is it Glenn Jacobs? It is not. It is not Kane. I will give you one more guess, but I will give you a hint. He is best known for his time in WCW, but he also had a character in the WWF in the mid-90s. Hmm. Jesus. Uh, I will I will accept either the name of the WCW character or the WWF character. Um is he like Damian Demento or something or All right, well you're getting closer. The correct answer is that is Max Payne aka what? Man Mountain Man Rock. Mount Ro- get the yeah. fuck out of here. Wow. He yes. Get, wow, did he get fat when he was Max Payne? And he just accomplished something that nobody could at the 88 Royal Rumble. He got Duggan over the top rope. <laughs> one, of the wow. favorite, one of the favorites of the Battle Royal here in 88, Daryl Peterson. And one of my favorite random trivia things about uh, Daryl Peterson, Max Payne. Yeah. He helped set up the cage at two for Hogan Bundy. Oh, well, that's cool. <laughs> very, this, very random, yes. This is a bizarre superstars because... We've seen at least two matches where the uh, enhancement guy is getting some offense against the babyface. I think we're, we're definitely past the golden era where guys are working both companies. Yeah. But we're, but we're also starting to see these dudes who are very young into their career who are going to make names of themselves later. I mean, yeah, Max Payne was yeah, never was a world Spicoli. champion, but he was a guy that people remember. Oh, Louis Spicoli, Barry Horowitz. Spicoli. 
And then, yep. you know, we're going to see the Pit Bulls at some point later in 89. Mm-hmm. You know, I know it's these ECW guys that you don't like, but whatever. I didn't say I didn't like everybody from ECW. There is one particular person from ECW I cannot stand. And I think we all know who that is. Well, Boy, two, I didn't, really, I didn't really like New Jack. But that's because I just felt he was just a big bully. You know? All right. And I, it, it, and I didn't like that he was a bully. It, it is funny that Sandman and New Jack were like my two favorites at the time. <laughs> I just look, I just, I always thought Sandman was just a fucking stupid guy. I just thought, you know, like he was just the, he's, he's the guy that like, he's the homeless guy that's hanging outside the ECW arena that they said, Hey, you want to make 10 bucks? And he oh. came in and he's like, sure. 10 bucks and free beer. That's what the fucking Sandman's payment was. Well, that's the one thing about, um, Philadelphia for Mania next year. I'll guarantee you that the GCW show will be at the uh, 2300 oh, sure. Arena. Yeah. Which they'll probably they'll probably go. rename the GCW Arena for one night or something. I don't know. Yeah, and I'll be proud to go see that. I always wanted to go to one of those ECW Arena shows, but I what I heard was, oh yeah, it's basically the same people all the time and I was like, yeah, I don't feel like dealing with like waiting in the line out outside to get in mm. so oh it's the inside of breath yeah whatever hey we can reuse the same graphic as last year we'll even reuse the same fucking ring apron yep we're just gonna put a big piece of duct tape over the one yeah the eye. oh brother love Oh, blubber love. Are we going to get a better guess than uh, Lombardi? I mean, unless it's the rooster. Did they even say who was going to be on Brother Love at the I top of the show? Oh, no, maybe it's rude. Maybe it's not Warrior. Oh, that's that crowd noise didn't sound. I like the guy with the American Airlines polo shirt. Yeah, he's he's a pilot. The pilot, oh, his... wanted, to, the pilot wanted to come to the show. Oh, look at that. Rude uh, let Heenan come with him. Yeah. That's because I think Pritchard would only do this with in there well I think you gotta let them both say their their piece oh, wait a minute he didn't win that Jesse he certainly did you heard it keep quiet you with your intercontinental title match at Wrestlemania 5 against the ultimate warrior okay um, yeah, the the rude interviews where you don't get the what I'd like to have right now, it, it's yeah. a little different. You know, there's not not so much to bet on. Um, do you think that? I, I, all right, here we go. It, hot take. I think rude. I love rude having the long hair perm style that he has right now. Yeah. But his hair definitely is better once it's cut shorter, because it's just it's it, like the perm is just such a 
remnant of the 80s that like he could not have worn this after 1989 like he he had to change his hair in 90 because he just looked he would look stupid and like could you imagine him in like wcw with this fucking perm he cut it at the right time yeah yeah does he have long hair at six no um hmm i don't think he does i I think he cuts it before six no i no i think he still had the long hair and he cut it right after but I don't know. All right. Oh, this will probably be okay, I guess. Well, you know, brother love, I did prevail in the super post op. But you see, I did prevail not only because I love my body, not only because I love to show off my body, but because the ladies love the way I move. And as far as WrestleMania 5 goes, it will be a glorious occasion for Ravishing Rick Rude. Because I will step in the ring and meet the Ultimate Warrior. I will defeat the Ultimate Warrior. I will become the new Intercontinental Champion. And once and for all, I will show the world exactly where the Ultimate Warrior belongs. Oh my goodness. Behind me. That's that's the best he's ever looked. I can't believe that. I will say I will say I love that the warrior looks so fucking goofy in that the, on the back of his tights. That was good. Right on his ass. Yeah. <sighs> fucking warrior. I hate that guy. <laughs> I don't I don't know if you've ever said that before. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I don't know who I hate. I, I, well, I think I know the answer to that question. I do think I hate. I think I hate warrior more than I hate Hogan. I really do. Hmm. And that's saying yeah. something, because I really don't like Hogan. You know, Hogan turned 70 the other day. Yeah, happy birthday, Hulk Hogan. And the good thing about that is, now that he's turned 70, it's like, all right, that's it. There's, there there ain't going to be no more matches for, for him. We're not going to have any, you know, Ric Flair elder abuse thing like, like that occurred in Nashville a year ago. Yeah, well, I don't think, yeah, Hogan... Hogan's not wrestling anymore. He's had way too... Like, I think I saw a video of him the other day walking, and he just looks like he's... You know? So I can't imagine he's going to be doing much of anything. Yes. Uh, and that's probably for the best. Sure. Manager, they are monsters. I mean, uh, you've seen some big boys in the past in the WWF. Yeah. Yeah. Barb and I had a hard time finding uh, good real estate in parts unknown. In the 80s, it, it, it was pretty crowded, and you, they couldn't get the zoning to change to residential for, for some of the spaces that were there. So mm-hmm. that caused kind of you know pressures on the housing prices at the time. And it was difficult because we were counting on certain money from Crockett in these balloon payments that they never came through on, which is part of the reason why we had to leave. And it, it just... It just, it just became too much after a while. Barb and I had to settle for a two-bedroom condo, and uh, it had what well, was really like, well, okay, it wasn't a two-bedroom condo. It was kind of like a one-bedroom with a loft, 
and a spiral staircase. So Barb and I had to have, we did a wonderful game of uh, rock, paper, scissors to see who was going to be staying in the loft. Uh, because, you know, that, that meant that because of our large frames, we had difficulty going up and down the spiral staircase. Because it was just a spiral metal staircase. It was So we had to do the rock, paper, scissors. Um, we did, ended up doing best three out of five because we, you know, that's just how we like to do things. Um, I remember I won match one. I hit a rock and he put scissors, which I always said, I go, don't ever start with scissors bar. But he never listened to me. Um, then he, once again, he went with scissors and I went with paper in round two. So it was one for one. And then we both threw rocks in round three. So that's why we had to go three to five. So then we had the next one was I threw rock. He threw scissors. So I was like, Oh no. And then finally, I threw paper, he threw rock. So again, we were both tied. So we ended up just both staying. I slept on the couch half the time and he slept in the bedroom on the first floor. I didn't know the warlord was so esoteric in his stories. <laughs> Describing a three out of five rock, paper, scissors series. That ended in a tie. <laughs> yeah, <I could. laughs> yeah. Nothing beats rock. <laughs> Or something else again. Let's see who the opponents are for them. The conquistadors. Well, they already dispatched the conquistadors. Oh! Oh, they, I, I see who it is. Mm -hmm. Nice looking. Hello, Bob. Introducing first from Japan, Ricky Ataki. Ricky Ataki? His partner from Mexico City, Mexico, Ricky Two of the favorites here for GFA Live, uh, Ataki and Valdez. You love Ricky Ataki. <laughs> well, I made that I made that joke in one of our chats the other day that I know that nobody fucking got or nobody thought was funny, and somebody was like, "Oh, it was the Marty Jannetty Dark Side of the Ring," and there was uh, somebody was like, "Yeah, Pat Tanaka looks rough," and I said, "Pat Tanaka doesn't look like Pat Tanaka on film. You got to use Ricky Ataki." Like. <laughs> Literally, I, literally a joke to amuse myself and possibly you. The funny thing is I hadn't seen the dark side of the ring yet. And then as soon as I watched it the other night, I went, he does look like Ricky. You do need to have Ricky Itaki. <laughs> and yeah. I laughed. I laughed after the fact, but I didn't want to write LOL on that comment to you because it was like four days later. <laughs> Rick, Ricky Itaki was the opponent for... Greg Valentine, the time when they did the angle with superstar Graham and yeah. uh, and Morocco. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's also Dave Meltzer's favorite enhancement guy from this era. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> did you know that Dave Meltzer knew Frank DeFord? I, I don't know if you know that. You've told me that several times. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Meltzer usually likes to mention that about every uh, uh, 30 to 40 seconds. Sure. But yeah. I don't even like, know who the fuck is that guy. Frank DeFord was a respected sports writer. You know, something that Dave Meltzer never was. <sighs> and yeah, I know. Oh, Pete, you're making fun of the wrestling writer when you're nothing but a wrestling podcaster. It's like, yeah, I know that. And I'm barely yeah. a wrestling podcaster at and that. Hold on a minute. You don't take yourself fucking seriously. Nowhere near as fucking seriously as uh, 
Belzer takes himself. Yeah, and I, I don't fucking send out tweets where I'm like, yeah, I could have been a fucking NFL national writer. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, well, then why why didn't you? Oh, what, because because you wanted to fucking watch a bunch of All Japan shit in 1986? Yeah. Like, anyway. I, I don't I don't want to... Don't don't get me upset here. <laughs> don't get me upset here, Spider. What am I on a fucking oh. pay no mind list? Especially since Warlord is in there right now with Ataki and he just did a gut wrench suplex. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Oh. Ah. Oh. Ah. I'm really. Yeah, Warlord wasn't at anything at, at SummerSlam, so you didn't get to go meet him. But you also didn't go meet Nails, which I'm a little disappointed in. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't bring myself to go meet Nails. I couldn't do it. I told yeah. you, the only thing I wanted to do at that at that show was I was hoping that IRS was going to be sitting next to Jake Roberts so that I could go in there and yell at IRS about being the worst father in the history of professional wrestling and then point yeah. at Jake and go, and that includes that guy's father. Mm. I like that Warlord cleared the ring for Barbarian to make the pin there, and then yeah. just got right got right back in. Oh look, Timmy White. <laughs> yes. God, these guys are so fucking good. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, it is funny watching these things. The how you develop a love for certain guys that maybe you didn't before. Well, the, the you know what's weird is that when I started, obviously, as you know, the first live event I went to was that April 91 show. And the first match on that April 91 show was Bret Hart versus the Barbarian that went to a 15-minute time limit draw. Right. And I was fucking sold on the Barbarian at, at that show. And then, like, I think Warlord's on that show, too. And I was like, this guy's fucking awesome, too. So I've been sold on Warlord and Barbarian since, since early on in my life. And uh, it, the love has just grown even more because I told you, man, when I fu- when I found that friggin' shoot interview and Warlord's talking about Barb and I, and he seemed like the he was like the nice, the most pleasant human being. I was like, this guy's the fucking best. <laughs> I love the fact that you became sold on Warlord based on a double count out with Kerry. <laughs> 90, 91 drugged up Kerry, not not even like eighty four in Texas Stadium. Kerry drugged out. Fucking stealing prescription pads, Kerry. Well, in reality, don't you think that that just shows how awesome the Warlord is? Is that he was able to carry absolutely, absolutely prescription pad, Kerry? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we we now we now we now got Hogan here, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> I'm I'm sure he's gonna have a I'm sure he's gonna have a, a quality explanation for all of the accusations that uh, Savage. Who does he think he is? So Walter Raleigh? Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, yeah. So we had a very historic man dude brother game the last yeah, time. We sure did. With I mean I I of course Hogan at Coors Field, where it was sixteen to ten. Which, by the way, I should go back and I should. First of all, I tried to post that promo to Twitter, but it's too long. It goes mm-hmm. over 220. Mm-hmm. Um, I should go back and recapture because, like, I had trouble like keeping up with like 16 to 10. I'm pretty sure was the score, but you know, maybe I missed one or two on both sides. Okay. So, so it could have been like 18 to 11. <laughs> oh boy. So, okay. 
So right now I, I have it written down in the notebook. I, I am 100% prepared for, okay. for, man, for man, dude, brother. Now I, I think dude is a severe underdog here. Like I'm just, I'm just going to, I'm just going to keep track of this. And uh, remember when he says macho man, that does not count for man. So let's just say it's man versus brother here. What do you, who do you, who do you got? Um, okay. Are we going with like the point spread as well? So like you get X amount of points for, no, 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 we're going to, we're going to do head to head, straight, head, up? To head okay. straight up money line. Yes. I got to say, he's going to go with man. Okay. And I know it doesn't include macho man and I'm sure he's not going to throw a big boss man in there. So I'm going to say man. Well, he could. I mean, the whole thing happened. The boss man was there too. Ooh, so in this case, do I get credit if he says boss man? Because he's not technically no, talking about No, no. All right. You, you are, if, if it's a, basically, if it's a formal name. I like know. If, like if man, if man is going to be capitalized. And, and of course, you, you, Pete, you spell boss man, B-O-S-S-M-A-N, not, not as two words. Like, no, all right, no, no, fine, no, whatever. No, 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 it counts. It doesn't we, count. All right, it's like brother love doesn't count if he's his brother. It doesn't we count. Have, so. We have established rules and regulations for the I know, but I'm trying to, I'm tr- look, I'm trying to figure out ways to cheat on this, okay? So you're not going to let me do it. So, all right, I'm still going with man. Okay. I remember like it was yesterday, Macho Man, when he introduced me as the greatest tag team partner of all times. When he introduced me as the greatest man to ever watch your back. Don't you realize after Milwaukee, you're on the wrong side of the fence? Yeah, you did say greatest man of all time. Yep. <laughs> Hulk Hogan, times man of the year. <laughs> Every year. He edged out Mikhail Gorbachev in 1987. <laughs> yes. All right. Oh, he's oh he's got the oh Hogan with the fingerless gloves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's 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 got it. He his hands are cold, but he still has to text somebody. <laughs> yes. Even with all the edited footage, the whole world's watching you, man. They know what's going on. Here's what really happened, man. Here's the real footage. I've got me a tag team partner, and he's the greatest tag team partner that anybody in the world could ever have. Well, they edited out uh, Jesse saying, well, it ain't you, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> also, Craig DeGeorge on a WWF show. Hey, Craig DeGeorge, yeah. back from the dead. Yeah, he's only there because Oakland was uh, laying on a beach in the Bahamas, I think. At the I time. ain't fucking doing this show, Vince. <laughs> By the way, at the end of the first quarter, it is man three, brother nothing. <laughs> Pass the fucking potatoes. It's like an NFL preseason game. Did I did yeah. I tell you what I did? I like bet the under on every NFL preseason game that had a number of thirty seven or above. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what was your what was your final record on that? Uh, well, it's still ongoing because there's a couple of games today, but um, it started out really good, and then and then the the worm kind of turned with that uh, Steelers. Bucks game yesterday where the Bucks scored a garbage touchdown at the end to make it 27-17. I, I feel uh, I feel like that killed my mojo. Mm. But anyway, um, I have other ridiculous. I have a three-team NBA uh, WNBA parlay today. So <laughs> I know everybody's going to laugh, but I'm telling you, when the New York Liberty and the Las Vegas Aces are playing 
mm-hmm. on a, on a given day, you should parlay that with every other bet that you do because mm-hmm. those teams are going to be at least minus 700 favorites and it'll add probably about 40 cents of juice. So it'll take like a minus 145 and bring it down to a minus minus 105. No, I'm I'm just I'm just giving you in, listen listen to me. It'll it'll get about 40 cents extra. Thank you. Dun, yeah. dun, dun. I'm trying to do the dun dun dun. dun. I did I did I did it on Friday night with uh, Cubs, Cubs, New York Liberty, Las Vegas Aces. <laughs> Anyway, all right. So uh, yeah, we're getting. We're, by the way, the the file footage counts here. If if he were to say brother in the file footage. Oh okay. Yeah, or or man, either way. Hold, hold yeah. You and I are fighting for the same lady, brother. She is now our manager, and you and I. We're fighting for her honor, Macho Man. Macho Man, I'm not going to argue with you about this conquistador thing. I know you could have beaten both men, but I was just doing what you wanted me to do, man. When you had one of them down for a clear-cut victory, I came in there. I held the other one off, brother, so you could get the win right in the center. And as far as the spotlight, as far as sharing the glory, brother, I'm the one that wanted you there with me, posing side by side, brother, you and me together, just like always, man. And as far as the secret weapon, brother, enough of the edited footage. It was your idea, too. Both of us thought of it. This is the way it was. Uh, we'll call this halftime, and brother is making a run here. It's mm-hmm. five, five, five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cor- Coors Field Hogan is back in effect. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Somebody put his uh, voice box in a humidor or something. <laughs> his voice box. <sighs> so, yeah, we're back. We're back to the footage on the platform again. We're going to have to use our secret weapon, brother. Yeah, the secret weapon, brother. Oh, yeah, I remember, yeah. Elizabeth with her canary yellow high heels, yeah. secret weapon work macho man the summer slam was the greatest test of all time for the mega powers but the way you edited that footage makes me sick the way you tried to look like something was going on between me and elizabeth brother all i was doing was making sure she was steadied on your shoulder you were so pumped up your delt was so big i thought she was gonna slip off this is the way it went down man say I was selfish, man. How could you possibly say that I wanted to steal the spotlight? When I saw you and Wiz up there, I love the way you shine. Maybe at that moment, I had lust in my eyes because I wanted to be on your other shoulder, Randy. I wanted to be up there with you guys. That would have been a fucking sight. <laughs> what a fucking cocksucker this guy is. Macho what, 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 what? Once again, I would like to reiterate... Uh, who does he think he is? So Walter Raleigh? <laughs> what a fucking prick. All right. Did I miss a man before he threw to the last footage there? I, I don't... I'm fucking... I, I don't, we watched this at 1.5. I mean, it seems like 
God damn, the cocaine budget for this fucking promo, for this this angle is is, is sky high. Well, it's it's eight six brother. Well, brother has made a run here. Yeah, uh, like like nobody's business. This is like uh, it tur- it tur- it's basically like Game Seven of the '86 World Series. Man was up three nothing, but then they it ran ran out of gas. How dare you, Daryl Strawberry? Just home it off Al Nipper, and uh, how dare and, you in my own house? And that and that's that. Oh oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. How dare you in my own home? <laughs> Talking about the fucking '86 Red Sox. How dare you? Well, I'm allowed to talk about that. That was under my administration. <laughs> <laughs> under my administration? Yes. Okay. All right. Time for the fourth fourth quarter of the Hogan promo. Don't worry. Don't worry, everybody. We also have injury time because, <laughs> you know, I've been watching a lot of the Women's World Cup to help me fucking fall asleep. And, you know, I always love when the game come, comes down and it's like, all right. We're in the 89th minute, and then it, it like says, "All right, it's over." Oh, we're estimating 17 minutes of injury time. Oh, don't worry really? about oh, it. Oh, really? Okay, is it exactly? Well, we don't really know how much time is left because don't worry about it. We're a fucking idiotic sport that like we don't we don't believe in having a fucking clock. Oh God, right. no, that would that would fucking cause unnecessary drama. We That's need to right. put we need to put the fucking trust in the most sacred person that we can find which is a fifa appointed official because they are definitely not fucking corrupt in any way shape or form they're not on the take like jack tunney is yeah <laughs> jack tunney refereeing the world you know jack tunney refereed a world cup game back in 82 i don't know if you know that all right all right hogan bring us home nice. Let me tell you something. The way you've ruined everything, the way you put Elizabeth between us, the way you tore her heart out. There's no- well, Hogan, you kind of wanted Elizabeth between you guys all along. I mean, uh. I think that, I think that, 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 that's the, that's very much the point that I think Savage was trying to make all along. <laughs> Hulk Hogan often told me, Vince, that he wanted to perform an Eiffel Tower with Randy Savage and Elizabeth. They, they actually, Hogan proposed playing Connect Four on her back. <laughs> Pretty sneaky, March. <sighs> uh, you know, nobody under 40 is going to get that joke. But anyway. That is absurd. <laughs> what, a Connect Four commercial? That is absurd. <laughs> All right, Hulk. No way she's going to be in your corner at WrestleMania. But I can tell you one thing, Macho Man. You're not going to be the champion when this thing's over. The madness isn't going to run wild because the mania over the madness equals the mega powers, brother. And when we collide, when we explode, it's going to be the greatest natural disaster of all times. Uh-oh. And when it all settles, when you're at the bottom of the mountain and I'm looking down, it'll be ashes to ashes, dust to dust, in God and the holster. Oh my god, and then we oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, the conspiracy theory. Here we go. He mentions that when the national when the ex when the mega powers explode, it's gonna be a natural disaster. So and then we go right to Dino Bravo after this. So is it possible <laughs> is it possible that Savage brought in Earth the earthquake, the natural disaster of the earthquake, and then presented him to Dino Bravo? So therefore Oh my god, it all, oh my god, it all makes sense. 
Savage heard the natural disaster promo from Hogan. He brings in the earthquake and gives him to Dino Bravo to lead to defeat Hogan and 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 not and cripple him. Then the WrestleMania Seven promo happens where Jake says, "Why are you so nervous, my man?" So then Alex Trebek hires the earthquake to kill Damian. It all makes sense. And Jake found out that it was Randy Savage who brought in Earthquake because of Hulk Hogan. And that's why that's why Jake attacked Savage at the wedding reception. With through <sighs> the looking glass, people. <laughs> Don't, let us not also forget that Savage really wanted to quash the Mega Powers thing by uh, having uh, Earthquake squash Hercules at six so that the third <gasps> the third Mega Power would be put down. It all makes sense. And Earthquake attacks the Warrior because he knew that he was going to have a future opponent in the Warrior. Did, Savage... Earthquake, did Earthquake ever have an opponent, uh, ever have a match with Hillbilly Jim? <laughs> well, I mean, he is one of the favorites, so I assume he did. Well, he's also the uh, seventh or eighth mega power. I, yeah. Uh, I, I can't remember if he was seventh or eighth in the AP or the coach's poll of, of the mega powers. I'm pretty sure Earthquake beat Coco Beware at a few house shows. Guilty mm. man lying on the witness stand. I've never seen a trial before. All right. The final score was brother nine, man six. Oh, son of a bitch. Yeah. Most of that came from fucking previously viewed footage, so. Which, by the way, was the final score of a Broncos Patriots game in October of 1991. <laughs> Wow, what a riveting game. <laughs> it actually had a, uh, well, it was kind of a sad finish to that game because Hugh, Hugh Millen completely fucked up the end of that game for the Patriots. I'm still oh, yeah? I'm still upset about it 33 years later. Well, they had no timeouts, and he decides to fucking run down the middle of the field as if he's going to make the end zone. And, uh, you know, they, they didn't have enough time to spike the ball and then kick the tying field goal. And they were in field goal range the entire time. All he had to do was throw... Throw an incomplete pass. Who was the uh, field goal kicker in 1991? Uh, At that point in 91, the kicker for the Patriots would have been uh, Jason Starofsky, who who was also, I believe, the scab kicker for the St. Louis Cardinals in 87. Oh, really? Yeah. See, these are the kind of things you can learn from uh, from playing immaculate grid football. Yes. Jason Starofsky. Yeah. Cheap, Cheap plug. Well, I, I look, I, I just got to check to see if he was the scab kicker for the Cardinals. Yeah, he was. OK, my favorite, my one of my favorite arguments I ever had where I just fucking snapped was um, this guy. This guy, Dan, that I'm friends with was talking about how we need to induct Steven Goskowski into the NFL Hall of Fame because, you know, of his few kicks that he made when he was on the Patriots. And I was like and I went, buddy, I go, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Mm. Uh, see, there it is, right there. Oh, yeah. um, oh, October there tw- October twenty October twenty seventh, nineteen ninety one, nine nine to six. Oh, they were fucking bad. Yeah, and that 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 was as close as the Patriots, I think, ever got to beating John Elway in a game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They never beat the Broncos. All right, and now we got Frenchie Martin. Oh, Frenchie Kaiser is going to talk. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that old saw. The the weekend at Bernie. We don't have a lot of time with Fr- Frenchie. 
we don't have a lot of time with him left. We should enjoy these precious moments we have mm-hmm. with Frenchy mm-hmm. Martin. Mm-hmm. What did he say, Jesse? I can't repeat that on the air. Weekend at Bernie's coming to theaters this summer is what he said. What what Frenchy actually said is that he's like Vive la liberté de Québécois. He said. <laughs> I really am obsessed with the Berlin translator. Yeah. Um, I mean, can we can we watch this at three times speed? It's fucking Dino Bravo. I know you love him, and he's a, you believe he's a future Hall of Famer, but no, no, there's gonna there's gonna be a there's gonna be an inset promo, and it might be from. By the way, I like how Frenchie is on the near side of the ring, so he's blocking the hard camera with his flag. Yeah, that's why he was gone shortly after this. Yeah. But Dino is back in the black tie, uh, trunks. Fucking Dino Bravo. Yeah. I don't think so, because when the fans start giving it to him like that, it makes Bravo that much more devastating. That's a good point. You know, Mark Ming's the one who's, ta- who's getting it taken out on him because of the fans' response. This man is so thick through the chest. There. He looks like fucking Dino. He looks like Dino Morocco right here. <laughs> well, you, we all fondly remember their two-match pay-per-view series in 88. Yeah. Well, Frenchie's a little past his prime now. Why is it you always pick on guys that have already had their day? I don't know. Oh, yeah. My style. Dino Bravo. Fucking air, an the airplane spin in the year of our Lord, 1989. Well, you know who else used to do an airplane spin? Mm-hmm. Rotundo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's with the, the two of these guys should be in the same fucking boat if you ask me. I wish <laughs> the, I wish Dino Bravo and Mike Rotundo went on a fucking boat ride with uh Christopher Walken and Robert uh Oh you mean uh, Bob Wagner? Yeah. Bob Wagner, yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is Dino Bravo. He's self made millionaire. He's a hell of a guy. This is Mike Rotundo. He's a man who really knows how to take care of the taxes. Oh, by the way, my name is Maxwell. <laughs> I take care of both of them, which is harder than it looks, because when they got together, it was murder. Da, da, da. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm obsessed the show, with the heart-to-heart team. The show is called Bravo and Rotunda. Bravo to Rotunda. <laughs> Bravo to Rotunda. A lot of um, a lot of abdominal stretch. Grab the ropes. <laughs> Bravo to Shyster. That's a better name. <laughs> it is going to take place April second. That is a Sunday afternoon, starting Stop at four p.m. at Trump Plaza Hotel. <laughs> no, I just cranked the volume on Mooney know, to make to make does... it look like early Mooney. Yeah, he is yelling at us though. Andre, we're going to get an Andre event center promo here. And oh, because yes. Oh, it's, yes. It's only, I think, it's not going to be a set of two event center promos. I think it's just Andre. So he's going to get to go long here. Oh, good. All right. Uh, with Are we going to understand everything Andre says? Um, no, because I think he's feeling very lazy right now because he's got the puffy sideburns, but he also hasn't really shaved like the goatee or mustache area. Hmm. Really weird how Andre can't get a mustache to grow in the middle there. <laughs> he, he has that, like, 
the like two parts, like like the eyebrow mustache. You I know mean, what I mean? The the silly thing is that Andre's bush was legendary. So. <laughs> I don't know why I said that, but I just uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I just said like I, I froze there like I was fucking Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Jesus Christ. She's thinking about I don't want to talk about Andre's pubes, God. How dare you in my own home? Yeah. Andre's bush. It was legendary. I'm just glad that <laughs> Andre's wearing the black still. Yep. All right. He hasn't, yeah, he hasn't transitioned to blue yet. Uh, will Heenan say, don't sue me for what this man does? Uh, oh, no. I think okay. Heenan's past this point now. Yeah, yeah. That, that, was, that was its own set of. That, that was a different era. Oh, Jake the Snake, you think you're lucky in WrestleMania 5. You think you can hide behind Big John Studd now that he's back. 380 pounds, 6 foot 10. Big deal. <laughs> he stabbed me in the back. And if you're looking for help from him, he's going to stab you in the back. Well, I got a man that's seven foot five and weighs five hundred and twenty-five pounds. And I, I never lost a match. And never right. lost the match. Never was pinned. I don't care what kind of referee you're gonna take in there. But what? Jake, you know, I start to get tired of you. If you still want to come in the ring with that paint, I don't care. Do it. Because this time, Jake the Snake, believe me, that gonna be the match of your life. The time I'm going to put my hands on you. Jake, there's no exit at all. When I go to rock those things, what? On your neck, Jake. <laughs> what? Squeeze. And squeeze. And squeeze. And stun him with all your power. And as strong as you are, you won't be able to pull these hands apart. And Jake, the snake of that last gasp of air comes out of your carcass. Yell for Damien. Yell for Damien, but no one will help you. No one. Andre the Giant joined by Bobby Heenan as the Giant prepares to meet Jake the Snake Robert. <laughs> I think they must have told Mooney during this time. No more funny quips. Yeah. Oh, he had me excited there. I thought we were going to get a Powers of Pain promo. Yeah. Yeah. And the Intercontinental Championship against Ravishing Rick Rude and the Mega Powers for the World Wrestling Federation Championship, the Macho Man Randy Savage to face Hulk Hogan, and here's how you won't miss a second of the action. Yeah, I know. Go see it on fucking closed circuit. April 2nd on a pay-per-view cable basis. Call your local cable company. Closed circuit TV at the Cole Fieldhouse in College Park. Well, all right. Well, a lot fewer closed circuit locations around this point because pay per view was widely available, but they were still going to offer stuff. Oh, look at look at what our feature match is next week. Oh boy, perfect. Cuck. Yeah, a rematch of WrestleFest. <laughs> hey, what do we uh what what do we got going on here now? What's this pot? Oh, that's right. It's the Richie April Memorial. Look at this fucking lineup. Yeah. All right, so we got Cock versus uh, Cactus Kurt. Cactus Kurt. Yeah. Cactus Kurt versus Cock. I I'm gonna play pool. Oh, I don't. Know, I can't do the voice. Mr. Perfect, his opponent, the Red Rooster. In addition to which, we'll have an update on the progress of the making of the Million Dollar Belt. 
<laughs> Once again, they managed to find a ridiculous thing. Uh, uh, what what D- DiBiase has got like his mouth open, like like somebody is throwing popcorn at him. <laughs> what kind of likeness is that? Yeah. How does this always happen to this poor guy? <laughs> I don't know. Also to join us for individual competition, the Ultimate Warrior. An update on WrestleMania 5 with comments from Hulk Hogan and the Macho Man Randy Savage. Plus, a handicap matchup (gasps) next week involving the eighth wonder of the world, Andre the Giant. It's against named guys, too. Nice. Yeah. All right. Do, do, Do you remember who it is? Name guys? Yeah. Um, Let, let's put it this way. Both of them were at Survivor Series 88 thing. Which I which I know, which I know you might be like, oh, he faced Scott Casey and Jim Brunzel, but it's neither of those guys. Is it like Coco and Hillbilly Jim? No. Is it the Bush? Well, the Bushwhackers weren't there yet. The correct, the um, correct the answer is... Is Tito and Jim Powers. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. Oh, poor Tito. <laughs> yeah. By, by the way, you're going to need to go back and watch uh, the Red Sox game highlights later because the, the left fielder for the Tigers lost the ball in the sun, and it was uh, very funny. <laughs> like, oh, nice. <laughs> I, I always enjoy that when the outfielders, like, lose the ball in the sun. I mean, mm-hmm. not, not, nothing will ever beat um, – the, tr- the Trey Mancini one. For Here now are comments from the participants in the feature matchup. The biggest match of my life. Oh. Oh, God. <sighs> oh, you don't, you don't, you don't like Terry Taylor? Fucking nauseating. Yeah. <laughs> he still he doesn't, doesn't, have, he doesn't have the thing in his hair, though. Yeah, he doesn't have the plume yet. The plume. Cuck. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I almost oh, actually. Oh, shit. Well, yeah, I almost accidentally shut off the video, but yeah, uh, luckily I saved it. Events in the feature matchup. The biggest match of my life is coming up right here next week. I'm going against Mr. Perfect, who's undefeated. Well, I feel pretty perfect myself after unloading the weasel. I can guarantee you people one thing. There will be a loser, and it's not going to be me. Right here next week, I'm going on the perfect hunt. And the prey is a red rooster. And red rooster, like everything else I've done in my life and every victory I've had, this too will be absolutely perfect. All right. Yes. All right. <laughs> what are you, Vince? Excited that Brett resigned? All right. Or actually, that might be more like Lou Brown is excited after they won the last game of the regular season, and he got to got to show uh, what's her name's tits. <laughs> All right. Yeah. The former showgirl. By the way, I'm back at this Broncos Patriots box score. Do you know? Do you know something fucking weird about it? Um, no. I don't think I've I don't think I've ever seen this before. A game that featured an 18-yard field goal and a 17-yard <laughs> field goal. What did they fucking have the goalposts up against the end zone like it was night before 1974? <laughs> a 7 a 17-yard field goal. Yeah, Jesus. What's that? That must be from what? The the I guess the 1-yard line. Well, it's almost impo- it's impossible to kick a 17-yard field goal now because sta- the standard is they line up eight yards behind the line rather than seven like they used to. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's why. 
Yeah. Well, very low scoring game, I can imagine. Yes. So. Yes. So anyway, <laughs> what did he say, Robin? What did he say, Robin? What do you think the Patriots are going to do this year? I don't think they're going to do much of anything. I think they'll win eight or nine games. Yeah. At least. Okay. It seems about Just be, right. uh, like, the, the, this whole notion of, like... Daily 500. Mean, well, if, if, if you're going to say that they suck, at least say that they're going to suck because Mac Jones sucks. Like, their mm-hmm. their de- defense will be good. And at least now the, the coaching staff is a lot more coherent than now than it was last year where you had Matt Patricia, who I think was uh, lobotomized uh, a couple of years ago as the offensive coordinator. And uh, clearly that didn't work because when, when Zappy was in there, the first few games, uh, every, everything was fine. And then they, then they put Mac Jones in and he, by the way, the other thing is that Mac Jones is, uh, he's hated around the NFL. It's like the exact opposite of Brady. Like, yeah, Brady might have made like a dirty play or two against the the Ravens that one time, but yeah. he 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 was uh he, he was a pretty respected guy a, a, around the league. I mean, mm-hmm. let's go to let's go to Junior, uh, let's go to Corrado Soprano for his thoughts on uh, <laughs> on oh, Mac okay. Jones. He's not respected. Yeah, he's <laughs> not. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Somebody was like somebody on. TikTok was saying that he's just a dirty player, and I'm like, he's dirty. Okay. Well, well, yeah, because I mean, he he had he has made a couple of uh, of dirty plays, but you know what what can you say about the third best Alabama quarterback from the 2018 team? I mean, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you know. that's that's our fucking coach, and Bill we trust, right? Well, I mean, th- yeah, their 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 defense will win them some games. I I, lo- I love the person who like projected out like the Patriots season, and they're like, oh, I could only see them winning these games, and they like left out both Jets games, and I was like, oh, you mean the team that the Patriots have beaten every single game since like 1978? Like, yeah. oh, all of a su- all of a sudden they're gonna fucking lose both games because um, the fucking one guy Aaron- shows up. Yeah. Like Aaron Rodgers, who was totally washed up until like the last few weeks of last year. Mm-hmm. Fuck him. Fuck, fuck Aaron Rodgers and all of his. You know, fuck him as highfalutin bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. What did he say, Robin? What did he say, Robin? <laughs> well, well, you've, well, Pete, you've said it all. I probably have, yes. We got down, we got up, we got funky, and we got bad. <laughs> Does this show feel more disjointed than normal? No, not at all. Why you say that? Well, I don't know. It, it felt a little disjointed. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I should. Maybe I should have these conversations off air. <laughs> no, I think they're perfect for on air. Yeah. By the way, the other night, the Phoenix Mercury of the WNBA scored forty-five points in the first quarter, which was an all-time league record. And then they scored seven points in the second quarter, which just really amused me a lot. That's that's why I have that in my um, my little Google Photos that you could see. Yes. Any, anyway. Anyway. Well. Yeah. So 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 next week, you know, we're still we're still in the sweeps period. Uh, it'll be Feb- February twenty fifth. But yeah, the 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 whole get savage stuff is the highlight here. Yeah. Yeah, and it's you know. That's that's what we're here for. And uh, 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. What, what, what else? What else can I really say? Thank you for joining me. Yeah. I mean, five. I know five had a couple of like big matches in it that were like pre-planned, but five almost is like entirely booked on one match. You know. Yeah, I mean, you could make the argument. All right, well, Jake, Jake and Rude. You know, there's there's an issue there, but like demolition and powers of pain, you you kind of te- almost telegraphing what's going to happen there. Yeah. With 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 Fuji being in there, and Jake and Andre. I mean, much as people love Jake, it's like he's not going to hit his finisher on Andre and and pin him that way. And you could tell with Big John Stud being involved, they're just going to transition Andre to that. Now, what we didn't know is that they were going to give us a nice little surprise in the middle of the match. To set to set Jake up on his program for six. Yep. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah, except that match bugs me because the crowd does the wave during it. Oh, and wait, at six or in, at six? At six, yeah. in the middle of the DiBiase Jake match, the crowd yeah. fucking does the wave. Yeah, it's. I hate the wave. I hate when I see the wave at baseball games. I really hate it when I see it at, at wrestling events, but I hate it when it's at baseball games. I really do. Because it's, to me, it, it's, cause to me it, it symbolizes that you have no interest in what's going on on the field. Well, you know? I, th- I think it's, you know, uh, granted, we're doing a fucking wrestling show talking about shit from the 80s here. Can we leave stuff from the 80s in the 80s, please? Yes. yes. Like, I don't I don't need I don't need to fucking see Tiffany in concert these days either. No, That's, you know, I, I don't I don't need the, I don't need the wave either. However, like I always say, I will carve out one exception, or actually two exceptions. Mm-hmm. If you can to get that the rule, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. If you can get the wave going in two directions at the same time in the <laughs> stadium, all right. So that, they, but, so that they meet in the middle. <laughs> well, yeah. So that you have you have a counterclockwise wave and a clockwise wave. Yeah. And then, or. Or, like, if you have it, uh, by the way, when they do it at TD Garden, that's the worst. Because, like, our, our group is like, go back to Fenway, assholes. Huh. Uh, but if you had a wave going counterclockwise in the lowers and, uh, and clockwise in the uppers, that would be a cool effect. Hmm. I think. Yeah, once and then never again. So, okay, we'll do it once and that's it. Okay. I just, I don't like the wave. I've never liked the wave. I always thought it was stupid. I I feel bad for the people that are performing, whatever it is, because it just, and like I said, it makes me feel like that the person, that they're just not interested, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's just me. That's me. That's all. Well, the, be- the beach balls, too, which was another Fenway staple back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like the, every Red Sox game from the 80s featured like five delays because a beach ball came on the field. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's like one of my memories from like back then. But anyway, <laughs> or the time the time at uh, I think it was like the uh, Raw after Mania when people were floating a beach ball around when like Cesaro was trying to wrestle is like the most insulting shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, like, and, and you fuckers wonder why that this guy doesn't get pushed at all. You're, yeah. you're fucking floating around a beach ball. Yeah. And, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, the the raw. Can, can I? I'll say this again. The raw after Mania thirty one. The crowd from that, like that, almost turned me off of wrestling like forever. I I have a certain level of contempt for everybody who is in that audience. Yeah, yeah. As you should, as one should. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, 
Thank you. Thank you for joining me, fellow wrestling fan. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, sir. I appreciate <laughs> and pl- it. And please, if you've enjoyed this uh, thing of Oz. Mm-hmm. You don't ever admit the existence of this thing. Please leave no. a five-star review on Apple Podcast, iTunes, Podbean, Podparn, Joey Jojo, Shabadoo. Because it provides what is known as Shabadoo. What is social? It provides what is known as social proof that you're listening to and enjoying this podcast. If you haven't left a review, come on, huh? Yeah. Seriously. So, all right. Well, we'll try to get. I mean, we probably won't be able to do the next show next weekend, but we mm-hmm. we, we we gotta work to schedule that. So, all right. Because I'll I'll be somewhere else. So anyway. Right. Well, we can we can figure that out offline. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's tune, in <laughs> ne- tune in next time for another exciting edition of GFA Live. <laughs>